When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of Amazon Prime's The Wheel of Time. So this is going to be episode seven, the curiously named Dice de Mar, which means the Game of Houses, which we've talked about in a couple other episodes. Um, this kind of is what it is. Like at this point, we're not really going to get into why or our opinions on that. We will get into our opinions on this episode as a whole. Uh, if you are a Bingetown loyal listener, which seems like they are growing every week, which we appreciate all the support on both Twitter. I refuse to call it X, even though my phone, when I search the app, Twitter doesn't come up. I have to search X, which is kind of grinding my gears. And YouTube, of course, all of your comments, everything means so much to us. Discord, all of that kind of stuff. We try to get to it as much as we can. The support has been kind of overwhelming, honestly. Episode one support, I mean, I'm sorry, season one support was a lot of fun. Every you guys have just kind of ratcheted up a notch. Season two, hopefully, obviously keeps going in season three, but we still have two episodes to talk about before we get there. So let's get into episode seven. Classic Bingetown housekeeping is just that we cover these episodes in buckets. Typically, they're by location. So this episode is going to be we'll talk about Avienda and Perrin just on their little Toman Head road trip. We'll do Falm, and then we'll have little sub-buckets in Falm, and then we'll do Kyrian, everything that happens in Kyrian. That's obviously the smash finale that we're going to want to talk about, I'm sure, the most. That's the most wow moments essentially happen there. So, without further ado, road tripping. So, Avienda and Perrin, um, they kind of have crossed the continent. Or, I'm sorry, they've they've moved on from Atuan's mill. Hopper's still with them. They come upon two other Aielmen, two Maidens of the Spear. We get their names not audibly, but we get them in the subtitles and then the X Factor, X Ray type of stuff. It's Bane and Chiad. We'll learn them as we go before, as we go on, rather. They are characters that will come back. They take the Avienda and Perrin to a third body and they have a bit of an interesting mourning ritual. So there's kind of two scenes that happen here. We can talk about all of it. They come upon foam, all of the water. We learn a lot more, I think, or at least we get reinforced more about the IO culture here. So just the floor is completely open. Let me just open it up by saying, since we're recording this a little bit later than normal and we didn't have to watch the screeners for this, this was my first time watching with subtitles in <laughs> Woo, uh, years. Baby. And I'm mind blown just by how the spelling of a lot of these names are. Like, it's just like <laughs> I, I, my world is now completely opened up to like, I feel like a, a true wheel of time expert now that I had, can actually like write names down. I have to just no. write my bullshit. Yeah. My we love Dave spelling, spelling bee corner. <laughs> I was like, is that how you spell Aiel? And is that how you spell Sadai? <laughs> I had so many extra letters in there. It was crazy. The Sadai you should have known from last time, but Aiel, what did you think it was spelled like? Cause I, I, I should have asked that. I would have been curious to you guys how. How you I it's all it keeps getting flipped like the eyes and the e's keep getting flipped but I think I have it consistently as a i e l maybe i e l I yeah. or maybe never spell it 
the same twice. <laughs> it's different every time. But it's usually like I think I spelled Aiel like A Y H E E L or something like that. So okay, who was one, one I've given up on is Amerlin. I know, like if I need to sit down and spell it, I can spell it. When I'm taking notes, I'm just better than that. Oh, my letters little- are they are in any combination. But I you know- have it, and I have it literally wrote as Amy Lynn. Like, <laughs> like I'm just like just I'm just there. typing. I'm just typing. Yeah, I have a brain aneurysm every time I try and type naive. So I just type. <laughs> I just, no, I'm good on that one. No, I'm nine nine nave. I spell it just nine nave in my head, yeah, like wet, yeah. like Wednesday. That's the way I think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting Here's back the to best. the actual content, yeah. yeah, I was really loving the parent episode. I love that we're getting so many more Aiel. It's just it's great seeing how his abilities are kind of relating to the Aiel, like especially with how he noticed the two women in the sand or whatever in the, in the desert, whatever they were in, um, and even the Aiel. What's her name again? Avienda. Avienda. Even she was like, oh, that was good for, you know, a wetlander. A wetlander. Yeah. So just really cool. This interaction here. I was totally confused by them kicking the shit out of Avienda. Definitely. I had no idea what was going on. Um, But then on the second scene, when they're kind of walking with Perrin and she's like, I hate and I really like how she's like, don't make me feel the disrespect again, but I'll explain to you why. Mm hmm they kicked my ass and I thought it was a really great moment for like getting into the IEL culture. And this kind of ties in a little bit with how I accidentally kind of called them savages an episode, two episodes ago, because I mean, I'm sure as someone who for parents saw this and was like, Oh yeah, brutal savagery. And maybe this is kind of where you make the ties. Like I can see why people think they're so aggressive, but just great for the culture. And I, I definitely have respect for you all IEL people. And I guess my one question is, are the women the uh, the ass kickers in like the aisle? Because we've only ever seen women, right? I don't. Besides Rand, I kind of want to leave a lot of this out there for the show. Sorry, I just talked so much. Yeah. No, it's fine. You're asking valid questions. It, we're gonna get a lot more into the maidens that we just kind of got introduced to there. Like, do you remember when they were doing their hand talk? Yeah, that's a very specific language amongst the maidens of the spear. But I don't want to really like get into yeah, the no, nitty-gritty of the IEL yeah. itself and let you guys kind of experience it as the show gives it to us because we also could be wrong and they're they could yeah. be doing their own little changes here but this is like a subsection kyle kind of explained it i think it was either it was probably two ago when avienda was actually in it mm-hmm. just saying like this is like a very famous part of the IEL culture is the maidens of the spear and they're all badasses they can all fight yeah. like avienda and they do this, there's like, there's different warrior societies and this is just like the women's society. warrior society is that's the means of the spear. Yeah, that's what I figured. We'll meet way more characters, and like Luke said, the show is going to teach us a ton. So this is just essentially the means of the spear are one society. Mm-hmm. The only it's thing quite I complicated. Think, think about the uh, whole time is like, man, I hope Hopper's feet aren't burning right now on the <laughs> sand. Yeah, if it's too uh, hot for you, it's too hot for him. I'm so worried. Um, so. I all it's funny because this toe thing, the way they just like fulfill it, and it was a really cool explanation. Like, hey, it was my fault. You know, I was protecting her back, and you know, she got killed, so it's my fault. Um, I it's like <laughs> I think of like our friend Anthony. Like, you know, he he had a bad night one night, and he needed some help, and like the next morning, he comes back with beer. Like, I could just, I could just you picture him the bad like, night when he threw up all over me. Fulfilled my toe. Like, <laughs> here's the beer. I fulfilled my yeah, toe. Eagles days on the next day, and he just brings over a case of beer and friends for life. Yeah. So I, it's toe is just like a really cool concept, and yeah. the whole honor system of it too. And like Dave was saying, like 
when you it's disrespectful to bring it up but yeah it's just really cool i feel the culture in general excited to get more of it yeah you guys are gonna absolutely love it i don't have much to add i'm just hyped that the convergence is happening everybody's pretty much in place for the finale and this was a big part of parent and avienda getting there so that's going to be cool and then shout out to any of the book listeners for uh that name drop of bane and chiad so or I, well, yeah. I was yeah. just about to bring up bane, bane and chiad came up did they they didn't mention for some reason, I'm mixing them up with me- having of mentioned some of the wise ones, but never or the the not the wise ones, the wise ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's also be yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Bane and Chiad. He's trying to bang Perrin. Dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was uh some that was interesting. I guess how I took it is because maybe they're maybe women dominated in this section of the Aiel culture, like. I guess they're just like horny as shit for men all the time. They have, like, they have interesting marriage customs that we will learn much more about. The I think one way to so Bane is like the the larger, I would say more muscular woman. Mm-hmm. Chiad's just kind of the more slender, maybe potentially agile woman. Really nothing there. They'll get reinforced. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna slide into our ever expanding encyclopedia of characters which is just classic will of time cool to put and, a face to them for us though. yeah oh yeah these are like big it's just like really cool that they're in the show at this yeah. point one yeah. thing i want to call it that i love a lot is the ideal the ideal ideal geez of mm-hmm. like dying and death and how avienda says life is a dream from which we all must wake that was one of my favorite parts of their like culture and custom from the book is that they're really not afraid of dying they just think, you know, it's a lot of cultures have the idea that's just, you know, you're moving on to the next life. And their ideal is that like being alive right now is like you're actually in a dream. So like the true purpose almost is like you die and then you wake up. Mm-hmm. And like that's so like they, they don't have that level of fear in them. That's probably why they are so fierce and why they're such like renowned warriors. I just love that little small part of their culture. That was really fun. And I loved how Hopper is like freaking out while this is happening mm-hmm. and the subtitle just keeps going hopper continues barking <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was really funny and this is like a, a not a big book change but this is quite the book change this is actually a book three storyline that parents not involved in i believe i've mentioned this before not a huge deal but it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of return it to the original storyline because it's really supposed to be like like elaine and nynaeve meet the girls and the the maidens of the spear type of deal so it's just going to be interesting how they decide to introduce that relationship in a different way mm-hmm. we'll just obviously keep our eye out we will see what happens i like avienda's line when they finally get to fall and she's like this is all water yeah how like she was just like blown away that there's this much in one spot that's like a for me this episode is really different from the books but there's a lot of little things thrown in like that like when nine even them meet these uh maidens of the spear for the first time in book three they're next to a river and they're like really apprehensive about the river and they're like oh my god like we've never seen so much water so Mm -hmm. the fact that they like the meeting and how it's happening is way different from the books but they're still getting those small little story beats of like they're like kind of afraid of the ocean and so shocked at how much water it is like that's fun that they're still doing that for some reason i totally took them saying that as this water didn't used to be here i don't know why (laughs) i thought that but yeah. yeah, they're just, they've never seen that much water before ever. Which makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and that much water pretty much scares them. I, if you've never seen water, you can't swim, obviously. So mm-hmm. It's like well, a silo. It's like silo. Yeah, yeah they exactly. see Wyla, the water, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like, what the fuck? All right, so we're going to move into our next location, 
which is going to be Falm, which essentially is where Perrin, Avienda, Bane, and Chiat arrive across kind of the bay from, whatever you want to say. So the first character bucket we're going to tackle within Falm is just Matt. So Matt obviously technically starts in Kyrian, just wandering around like a little lost puppy. We left him when he kind of abandoned Ran. That turns to him getting knocked the fuck out, which presumably happens by Lanfear as he wakes up in Falm. To his surprise, to my surprise, I'm sure to everyone's surprise, he's just kind of in Falm. I, maybe before we get into like a lot of the scenes, just kind of curious at like the takes of like him meeting Lanfear, this conversation, the fact that he's just now in Falm. Like, what was our initial thoughts on all this happening? He even says, like, how'd I get here? And she responds, that's my little secret. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a tear on Grial or something like that, or, or unless they use the ways, but I feel like he would have waken up like the during that journey and stuff like that. So. As Luke smirks. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah shout out the comment section <laughs> some dope teleport uh teleportation thing or i don't really know but um yeah waking up and seeing land fear i'd be like all right i like where this is going i, I like where this yeah. is going in the name of the light are you yeah that was really great i did not expect to see these two interacting so early on my f- first thoughts were, wow, I guess a lot of our main characters just love getting knocked out by just like yeah. unsuspecting people coming behind yeah. them and just bashing their heads against the wall and dragged to foam. Yeah. And then getting dragged to foam. <laughs> Everyone's just getting dragged over to this spot pretty much. Yeah. I originally thought this was in the dream world. He even says, like, am I dreaming? And I, for me, I just, they have those big like stone seals around the fireplace that, I guess I was always interpreting like because we've seen Landfear kind of come out of one of those seals, quote unquote. I, I always thought that they were like our like kind of visual cue that we're in the dream world because like Shamio's goal, baby, is to get all the Forsaken out, and that's like a, like his like mental manifestation of a goal type of thing. But it seemed like they're actually there, so I'm very curious to see what is going on with those big stone slabs that are like hanging out. I feel like that was a good question, though, by Matt asking if this is a dream. I feel like it's just very important to be able to start de- deciphering yeah. what's a dream and what's real. Which is probably a co- complete coincidence for him because he. Knows, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he knows and nothing neither do about we, really. the, uh, Yeah, he knows nothing about the greater implications of that question, especially who he's asking it to. I honestly thought it was funny. a dream when he, she opens the windows. If it, if the tower wasn't there, like that foam tower wasn't there, I would have just assumed it was a dream because he like well, opens it up and it's like. The water is like glistening. It's like beautiful. I'm like, where the hell? Well, I mean, technically, I'm... if he was sleeping in Kyrian and she took him to Falm during the day, like that's you see the world as it is still at that time. So like, it, but I'm I'm on team. He's there. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I think he's there, but I'm not even 100% sold on it because we were talking about this earlier. Like, hey, if you get knocked out, does that count as you sleeping? And if he's sleeping and Lanfear is like right there, he'll just she can just teleport him to Falm and get Ishi to fuck with him in the dream. So yeah, I, I want to say because of how extended the period of time it was that he's actually there, but I'm not going to be like completely shocked next episode if he wakes up and he's not in Falm. After these comments, I'm like starting to this is like real time just happening for me right now where I'm just kind of hoping that the show starts making it more clear. Like you can have one or two fake outs if we're in the real world or the dream world. But if this is going to be a constant theme for the average person watching this show for the whole series, I don't necessarily think I like it because while this one can work perfectly, like is it the dream world or not? If this is something we're constantly questioning anytime, not just when Landfear's around, when anybody is around, because we already know like Landfear can do whatever she wants in the dream world. 
This is making me a little nervous now that we're like talking about it at this level. Yeah. Cause like everything we can just have that. Is this a dream world? Is this real? And I don't really think wheel of time is meant to be like that, but this specific scene, I'm totally on board. It could be either, but I'm team. It's real. Kyle talked about this before when Ishii is infiltrating dreams, he does kind of glitch a little bit because it's like his mastery of it isn't there. So he wasn't glitching in That's this next scene. So, you know, maybe you could say, he is really there because she's yeah. not that good, but I don't know. And I would have to maybe go back to like him and Surath talking, and I'm sure someone knows for sure, but that was maybe in Surath's room. So like the big stone slabs weren't there. The stone slabs are just throwing me off. That's about it. I think they've done a good job of where we know it's a dream or not. Like Rand is has all the Emmonsfield five murdered around him, and it's like, okay, mm -hmm. this is obviously not the real world type. There of hasn't deal, been so. a fake out yet. Yeah. So. Well, the only one that I'm thinking of, this is not even a big deal, was the like the when Rand when Rain dies. That was like the only True. one, really, though. But but I agree with Kyle. I was my comment was going to be that I feel like they have emphasized like how ridiculous I guess the dream world can get. Like it's mm -hmm. it, it never has felt like the real world except for that one instance. Yeah, I agree. And we had only really been in this room, him and him being Ishamiel and Landfear talking. I just again. I'll say for the last time, we can move on. The slabs. There's something going on with the slabs. The slabs. <laughs> All right. Watch out for these motherfucking slabs. Now. Dude, the slabs. Know. So moving on from the slabs, we get to Shamuel kind of shows up now and he's in the room. He's broom. Uh, words. He brews Matt a little tea as they chat about Shamuel's kind of existential crisis, his nihilism, which Matt isn't too interested in. But he does eventually take the tea. So I think we can maybe talk about all of it. I mean, there's kind of three parts. It's Shamiel kind of goes on and on and on about what he thinks. Matt takes the tea, has a terrible trip, which some of us here might be familiar with. Oh, whoa. And then, <laughs> and then they kind of have a conversation afterwards, which you could say Matt's maybe a little more malleable. So I would say those are the three big kind of parts. Talk about them probably in order if we want to, but obviously there's really no rules. We're just hanging out. I'm going to steal a little something that you guys did on the succession pod where you guys had the quote of the episode. <laughs> and I'm going to say my quote of the episode was Matt going, is this a sex thing or a murder thing? <laughs> Either way, I want you, I'd rather you skip the talking. I just, he's the best. He's, he's so like he's witty funny. and yeah. quick. It, yeah. He's awesome. Um, speaking of Matt, we were talking about difficulty spelling, like all, all the women's name, Moraine and Gwen, Nynaeve. It's like Matt, Rand, like even Perrin isn't that hard to spell. Like Lan. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's very, uh, very different. Um, but back to this scene. I love the way that we get more of Ishii's motives. You know, it's hard to tell if he's telling the truth because he is the father of lies. And I'm sketchy about that now. But it it kind of it matches his ideals of what he was saying to Lanfear as well. Um, when they were having that conversation about so many people suffering and I just want it to stop. I want to break the wheel. You know, I want to close my eyes finally. Uh, the one line, you know, humanity's forgotten so much since my time. Mm -hmm. uh, not all of it technology. And he's just talking about the tea. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah. The tea. Oh, what is it? he you... gets the good quotes. I'm pissed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, someone see. else step in. Someone else step <laughs> in. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking Dave. Dave. I, have talk about I, have a, I have a quote later. I'm taking it. I don't care if anybody's in the middle of a sentence. I'm taking it. But <laughs> okay. I'll put a pin in that. Well, I appreciate the heads up. Uh, the only two notes I really had for here was that, I mean, Ishii proclaiming that he's had the tea before. To which, you know, he also says that he got the best night of his 
he slept yeah. in for like the first time in his life when he had the tea for the first time. So just some parallels between Matt and Ishii here, because I've been talking about how Matt's been definitely creeping down the dark side more blatantly than the other ones have. Um, and then the only other thing that I'm thinking of here is Ishii keeps talking about how the wheel keeps spinning us. Like we have lived this cycle multiple times, yada, yada, yada. And then that just got me thinking about like all the visions that men's been seeing. Like, sure, we've seen visions of Matt killing Lan or Rand, but what if that was like a different iteration of the wheel? Maybe one that has either happened already or one that hasn't happened yet. Just kind of something that I'm thinking about. But the way he was describing about how the wheel keeps spinning us just made it feel a little bit more like not like timelines, but, you know, we get stuck in this loop where we just keep repeating and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously that's what Paul was saying. That issue wants to break that and just completely end that. But just thought it was thinking on all the visions that Matt's had and then him talking to Matt about all this just got me thinking that maybe the visions that men's been seeing are just different iterations of the wheel and they won't actually happen maybe in this one. Just, I guess, potential. It's so hard to explain. Like, I don't want to yeah. say timelines, but I don't know. It's It's yeah. a really interesting thing two now in hindsight if you go back to season one and listen to the conversation that Perrin has with uh the way of the leaf the the, the jesus what are they the tinkers tinkers um because mm -hmm. it talks about the, the the turning of the wheel like that scene gets more and more powerful the more distant we get from it and the more information we get from some of these entities that are self-aware of the wheel and have lived countless lives so like this scene kind of goes in parallel with that talking about that but a um, couple things I wanted to point out just that you guys pretty much hit everything positive and a negative. Uh, the positive being, I love what you were saying, Paul, about Ishi's uh, philosophy as just like a dark friend or like a forsaken keeps coming out and keeps getting reinforced. And in a vacuum, it's like a very basic unnuanced opinion of just let's end it. Let's end this wheel. But when you couple that with the idea that not all of the other forsaken are going to have the same mindset, it just fleshes out like the dark side even more like they're not all going to have the same idea and goals like we even have the one they have basic, like a high level goal like we have the one basic goal with issue even though and he's a very complicated yes. character and it's pure when it's like add it with these other ones like i like it yeah. a lot when you add it to like landfear it doesn't want to i don't think she wants to break the wheel like that's not she her thing she just she wants to lose penis baby yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sure. these guys are going to have their own and it's cool that ish ishi who like is the the strongest forsaken like has that such a such a pure intent um, so I like that a lot. And now what I didn't like, and I guess this is basically geared towards Kyle is I thought the T was incredibly weak. I saw the, the one flash was okay. I know we're probably thinking about the same interesting piece of that, but like, other than that, I, I really didn't like it. I didn't think even the average viewer, I don't think would have gotten much out of that. Oh, I absorbed legitimately yeah. nothing of any of his visions yeah it's kind of tough like we we see him and dave you've you've been pretty good of like keeping track of or you know really taking to heart this reinforcement of matt's like potential tendency affinity for the shadow for darker things i mean we just kind of see him he's hung in the mirror we see him drowning someone we see him stabbing someone we're getting this reinforcement of his mom the line she has in season one where she's like you know whatever you'll end up just like him damn prick all that kind of stuff yeah it, the tea is weird the the idea of what they're getting at is like very essential and cool and like when i really think about it back to the books like there wasn't a 
great explanation of it. So like this is an interesting way to like visualize it, a catalyst for it, whatever you want to call it. It just is like the T feels weird. It feels like not necessarily unearned. It's just kind of like it's just a weird concept. You need the book context to even take anything out of it. Like for me and you I got a lot out of that. Yeah, but I understand for sure. No way anybody else does. It's impossible. It's not even like a you have to be a, a tedious TV watcher. There's there's it was impossible. Yeah. So I felt like that coupled with the fact that the opportunity cost of what that might have taken away is mm-hmm. a problem it's for just, book readers. I think it's going to be a slower burn. This is going to be this feels like breadcrumb one. Sure. But type of deal. Yeah, there, there's some scenes that. Yeah, people were expecting this to be that aren't, and I, mm-hmm. I know I'm just talking through TV watchers, but like yeah, I good. don't know, this is this is a controversial topic I think online right now. Like it's yeah. it's the most controversial in a while for twi- for real time, which is a positive, honestly. All over some tea, that's crazy. It's, just, just it's like, kind of weird in the sense of like, and also, I mean, the one perspective for me, I could see like I'm like, okay, like why would a Shamiel do this? But it's also. He's this fucking chaos guy. Like he's just fucking. He has them all in his grasp. He does what he wants. And even in this, in this end, when he kind of says he kind of comes to his aid, he's kind of like his trip doctor, his trip shaman, and is like stroking his face. And it's like it's all good. He's trying to instill this nihilism back into him. And he's like the only truth is suffering. And like even with the freedom of death, we just come back again and again. And he's trying to show Matt like no matter what happens in all your lives, like it's going to be misery and pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And like Dave said, like all I want to do is close my eyes one day and never have to open them again. And Matt, after seeing all of this, is like quite receptive to it. He literally the last line in the scene is how mm-hmm. he's got like, him. They're really yeah, they're pushing him in this way, and it's it's interesting and it's different. But this for me was something when I watched the episode the first time and was kind of looking back on it, I was kind of like how this is kind of something I'm questioning. Yeah. Maybe. I and I haven't really made me question a ton in a while. This episode as a whole was so different from the books. Like this was like the culmination almost of all of the different changes they've made. And it's really kind of come to a head almost, which makes sense towards the end of the season where everything needs to get tied back together. I don't necessarily not like everything. This was something where I was kind of falling back into the, okay, I guess we'll see where this goes type of mindset. He is Raymundo from Shallon Showdown. I think we talked about this maybe <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, we, we totally but, have. <laughs> um, I just, it, this episode totally reminded me of it when he goes, how? I'm like, dude, he's on the hook. He's got him. Yeah. Um, a few, very few other things. Um. All the Forsaken might not have the same ideals, but they definitely all have the same tailor because yeah. what issue was wearing here looks so out. good. Even just like the elevated collar with all the black wiring, it looked like <laughs> Lanfear's outfits as well. Um, that was great. Um, I loved how it showed Matt after he took the tea, like standing up from the chair like five times. I thought oh, that was dude. like a really Classic good shot. Classic weed brownie reaction too. Where he was like, all right, it's yep. bullshit. And then he stands up and he's yeah. like, whoa. I immediately yeah. thought of the Westworld episode. These edibles like, ain't shit. Yeah, <laughs> that was I really couldn't think of that. It, it could have also just like showed how much it was affecting him and like how like they were talking about the iterations of the wheel and seeing past lives. So it was almost like, you know, multiple stands up because of multiple different lives. Whatever. That's going super uh Oh my god, I can't think of the word, and I'm just gonna move on. So anyway, um, <laughs> the last thing I was going to say was, 
Okay. And now I'm so thrown off. <laughs> I was it. like, oh, you got it. I'll, what I'll say is that just, I guess, to wrap up my thoughts for kind of, this is, like I said, Breadcrumb 1. This is such a cool fucking part of the books, and I'm really excited for it. And I, I think the odds are it doesn't feel maybe great for book readers. Maybe TV watchers are a little like, where the hell is this coming from type of deal. But I think once we get solidified into where it's going, we'll look back and be like, okay, this was like an interesting start to it. And we're going to love the thread that it is it mm -hmm. just maybe wasn't my ideal start to set thread uh i remember what it was going to be real quick uh, it's edited it super quick i don't know how to take matt taking the tea like it, it he was what it he was sitting next to it and almost seemed like he was anxious like he wanted to do it but the way he picks it up and puts it back down it's like he's hesitant because he knows he should be a little bit worried about it but the way he downs it like i couldn't tell if he was like i really want to know my past lives or if he was like, just get it over with. But the the way I took it initially was like he really wanted to know who he was, but that kind of directly contradict. Or, um, well, I guess that's the very opposite. He wants to know who he was, and when he was talking to Min, he didn't want to know his future or something like yeah. that. So I mean, maybe cool. something in the middle of that is that since he had that initial thought, he has found out his future, which is killing Rand. So maybe he's like, what the hell is going on? Maybe mm -hmm. I need to find out more. That's maybe a little devil's advocate take there. I just liked it a lot. Yeah, very little things in Matt's scene that really made me like him a lot. Can we just Dude. get some clarification on like what the what does he describe the tea actually as? Like, what is it supposed? What does he say? He's does he just tell Matt to take it, or does he say um, like this is this supposed to shows you things, your past lives, all the people you used to be? Yeah, a thousand Which, years, and through all of that, the real one seems super weird to show his mom. I was like, so is he? Was his mom last life? Like, I don't get that. Yeah, that was I, that was I guess trying to like really harp on that idea and run the thread back to season one of like maybe he's always destined to be like his dad and be this asshole and be this prick type of deal because she i mean he's really the only one you're not the only one but like that was something in season one where it was like is matt just kind of along this path that like he actually can't escape where he's just like gonna be a dickhead basically i mean it just shows him being miserable in all the tea and <laughs> he wakes up and she's like yeah we can end this of course he's like yeah i don't want to yeah. go through that let me just end it i am predicting that matt is an mvp or lvp next episode for at least one of us guarantee yeah. put it on the board i don't know which but, one but he's gonna be one or the other uh, and i also will know for sure that donald is gonna kill it whatever they give him because he's been fucking awesome as mm -hmm. matt okay so moving into Elaine and Nynaeve. So they have kind of two shortest scenes, kind of three combined. So they are kind of wandering through the marketplace in Fum, doing their thing. Elaine, my gal, takes charge and is like, listen to me and do exactly as I say, which was fun to watch Nynaeve's reaction to. Totally turned on. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say this. <laughs> yeah. And then they run into Loyal, which is a fucking fantastic reunion for him. And I need, and then a fantastic first interaction between him and Elaine. So just kind of thoughts about everything that happens here. Oh, it was just such a genuine and cute interaction. I <laughs> literally love this. Just coming off that depressing ass episode we just got last episode, like seeing this kind of interaction made me feel really good. It was just great how. Nynaeve just cuts off Loyal because he knows he's just going to be like kind of talking too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so great. And I loved it. And I love that even like uh, she calls out Elaine too. She's like, You're loving this. Like, just sit, just stop it. Like, yeah. she's sitting there like, Yeah, what do you mean? I'm the. <laughs> he bows yeah. to her and everything. Yeah. 
uh, she's great. She definitely, I love her. I can officially say that this episode, she was amazing. And yep. I'm definitely team Elaine now. We're on the board. We're in Elaine. Yeah, she's this. awesome. I was ready to walk into this episode and say, I, I admit it last episode, I, I went from liking Elaine yeah, to really liking I'm was, just full on in love with her. This was so the episode for me that I love yeah. Elaine. Oh, she she's phenomenal. I was kind of mad Nanim didn't let Loyal say your name sings in my ears, but you Shut know, up, bitch, take a back seat. <laughs> no, I think it's good because they don't get to do it in the show, but in the books, like it's so much more obvious that every time Loyal talks, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. So this was a. I honestly thought this was a great naive yeah. episode, like for oh, what little that. screen time she got. The whole the scene and the thing. Ne- and the knocking out of the soldom at the end was like or the collaring, like all of that. I thought naive killed it actually. Yeah, I mean, we already know that Ogiers are like ah oh, humans. Like no patience whatsoever. So always uh, Russian. Yeah, leans into that. I uh, can't wait to steal this cool line from Luke that he wanted to talk about. Um, Elaine and Nanive are talking about how the Sean Chan. They're like, wow, they just conquered the city, and the people don't seem that upset. You know, they it's you wouldn't even be able to tell. And that was kind of going into what Luke was talking about when we first got introduced to the Sean Chan when you know Uno died. They kind of take the O's and then they're like, uh, all right, cool. We'll uh we'll let you be then. And then they just kind of go off and Sean Chan don't really like inter- they don't interfere with your live really, as long as you just are chill with what they say. So kind of paints that picture a little bit too. And that helps go into the Sean Chan's goal and the Empress's goal later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. But yeah, my I only have three notes about this scene, and one of them was Elaine telling that Neve what to do is hot. Oh, she's, oh my god well it helps that also elaine is just hot so one thing um they mentioned they being loyal is he just name drops the death watch just an important kind of sean chan little squad within like their military type of thing we'll get more about them just was nice for me kind of sat me up a little bit straighter when he said it the death watch guard is definitely a big part of sean chan culture and the luke mentioned obviously the last little scene in their bucket is them placing that Adam on an unsuspecting Suldam. I just Nynaeve's line of like, hmm, this looks like it'll fit or whatever, and just puts it on her. And then Elaine just knocks her the fuck out, was just like fantastic. That is so, per- yeah. Yeah. so perfect. The best Wonder Girl scene. Yeah, Elaine just comes through at the end with a little club, knocks her ass. Mm-hmm. Nah, let's get it. We can kind of maybe imagine what we're getting there, but mm-hmm. whatever. I'm I'm just a little confused because we were talking about what would happen if you put a collar on somebody that couldn't touch mm-hmm. or channel and we were like, oh, it just wouldn't work. And we were kind of talking about how the Suldam are not well originally were like seemed and thought that they weren't channelers and they were just able to control them. So um it'll be interesting to see if that the Suldam can actually touch the one power and like can kind of channel. And then what they're doing about Damane, they're just like being hypocritical um, completely. Like that would just be an interesting aspect because I don't really understand um, everything else beyond it. But obviously, hopefully we'll get some answers next episode. So maybe maybe it's just just the same thing. You just can't use a weapon. Um, Do you have a take? On what is what's going to happen like with the collar? Yeah, just like and everything. You just pose a yeah. bunch of questions, throw an answer out there, just so if you have to put it on the board. Um, you have been tiptoeing around this idea of can the Soldam channel, can they not? It's weird they do the hand signals. Do they need to do the hand signals? Yeah. 
I I want to say that they really are channeling, and the Empress is just lying to them and telling them that like, oh, like these other demonic, they're not like worthy or whatever. So I want to say yes, they are kind of like touching it, maybe in like a different approach than like flowing in the water or whatever. But I want to say yes, they're de- fucking with the power a little bit. That would be quite the shake up to their culture. Dave, uh, any yeah. thoughts? Shatter their minds. And yeah, you want to talk like, about hypocrites. Yeah. Anytime Paul says anything, I'm just like, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> sounds sounds great. Like he, he made right. a lot of sense there. Like if they were able to touch it in like a little bit, and they're just hiding it from the demone, maybe they're just it's all based on like a jealousy thing. Like sh- why aren't we as powerful as them? It could be a bloodline thing. Like maybe because Egwene wasn't you know birthed in whatever country they're from, you know they automatically imprison them. Mm-hmm. So I can't, a lot of what Paul's saying, I feel like does push it but you know if he had been talking about it the other way i would have been like oh yeah like totally makes sense that they wouldn't have any ability to touch the one power one of the best youtube comments we ever got was like kind of describing each of our roles on this podcast like they were like yeah kyle's like such a good book book expert luke's great support Paul's the Theorist. Paul's the theory guy and Dave's the energy. I just get And I was like, that just kind of got encapsulated right there. It was yeah, good. I'm exactly the hype up, man. I'll I'll hype up Paul's theories all day. S tier, S tier. Okay. All right. Getting into our final bucket, which actually flows quite well off of that conversation because now we're getting legitimate Soldam Adam Damane was the first word I was actually looking for interactions here. So we get Egwene. And Migan's there as well. They're beginning, I guess, a little bit of Demane training. They're kind of doing a little power level testing, which is kind of cool to see. They're in the outskirts of Fom. Egwene, our girl, puts on a fucking show, mm-hmm. essentially, that they feel all the way back in Fom. So not a ton actually happens. It's really one thing is Egwene being a beast. So just thoughts on her kind of blowing the competition away, actually, for lack of a better term. This was one definitely saw it coming that she was gonna like outperform it did not know it was going to be so big that loyal heard it like way back in the city just really cool uh, uh it's interesting because we did see that Egwene was able to quote unquote like attack the other Suldam and Demane there and it's kind of like shedding light on all right the Demane can't attack but if their Suldam wants them to attack somebody else then they can it's mm-hmm. what it, it seems like because she was able to hurt it it's not like bound by oaths where like you can't hurt them or something like that so going off of that with what Nynaeve and Elaine did you know I don't know if they're just going to be able to have like the person in the collar just fight for them now um, or, yeah because Nynaeve yeah we didn't mention that but Nynaeve has the, the thing on her wrist yeah and I don't know the way they like link up it seems like they're channeling but i don't know if that's just part of the Terran Grial, like was infused with some shit or what but i guess we'll get more of it because we can speculate on it all day um but um when Egwene sent out that shockwave and they uh showed everybody reacting in the town you guys see that cute little cat oh my god <laughs> yeah, i did actually <laughs> i paused it and i was like emily get in here look at this <laughs> that's wait crazy. where's peach i gotta show you peach. <laughs> that's so funny i'll say really quickly that um i know we've been talking a lot of shit and like the pacifiers or whatever you want to call them but to be honest it maybe it, it's fucked up but i think because seeing it on a character that i've already you know come to 
know and love. Well, I guess maybe not love, but this episode. Say, no, this episode, Ellen, bro. This episode, she made a huge jump for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I was just thinking that it's just it is really demoralizing having them like have these pacifiers because they're just not capable of speaking. And there we got the guest star. Yo, Hubert. What a perfect advertisement for the fact that yeah, Huey. Actually- the cat is named after Huey from the boys, and we will be covering Gen V on the podcast from the boys universe and Amazon Prime. If you're not sick of me and Paul's energy and theories, go check it out. Yeah, it's coming true. soon. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, the pacifiers definitely I I hate them even more now. Seeing them on a grain <laughs> really pissed me off because like I know she is just a ball of energy and just wants to say things like she does later on, which is great. But uh, it was really demoralizing seeing it on her. And my second comment will be that, yes, as much I love the power blow up, like that was just amazing. I love Kyle knows I love me a nice strong character. Yeah, but then I of course thought like, well, what if this was naive? Like I would have loved <laughs> to see what, and uh, that would have probably yeah. pissed off the city. Uh, obviously, flattened. yeah, Gwen, that would have pissed off. Like even just <laughs> Can you wondering imagine? that. Yeah, even but, when they're Demane and like they're still like competing and she's getting upset, she's like, this sucks. I hate. Yeah. <laughs> But that was my other thought. I was like, I just wonder what Nynaeve's damage would have been just if Egwene is like one in a thousand and a, a Nynaeve is like one in a million power. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the nuke was awesome. She is great. I've voiced my opinion on I love later Nynaeve. Uh, sorry, Nynaeve. I love later Egwene. And the fact that I like Egwene so much this early is great because I don't think I did when I was reading the books. Honestly, I didn't like most of our M Field Five besides Rand early on in the books, kind of by design. But we're getting to the portion. Parent, Beast. You, yeah, I wasn't even the biggest parent guy either. But like, Crazy. as we're getting to the 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 base of this world laid out, like this is when I really started to get attached to some of these non-Rand characters, and it's just great seeing glimpses of how strong Egwene is and Rena, right? Rena, mm-hmm. Rena, Rena. Um. I'll let you, you can say a comment about that scene as well, Kyle, but I'm taking us through the. Nah, yeah, just take us right there. Don't matter. This is where the quote of the episode is, Paul. Oh, yeah. Um, Not even here to. Yeah. yeah, He pops right up. (laughs) Quote of the episode. This (laughs) this scene was was fantastic for me because I had no idea how Egwene was going to react to this conversation because Rena was so pleased with that presentation of power out there in front of all the other Sean Chen that when she takes her back to the cell, she's trying to be real with her for a second. She's explaining what Paul mentioned or Dave mentioned about the Sean Chen, their goal is to unite everybody on the planet under the light, which is just a huge underlying theme <laughs> of the Sean Chen. <laughs> what up peach. Um, and then another cool part about it is that the Sean Chen know about the last battle. They met, she mentioned it here. She's like, it's coming. We need to make sure that we have all the pieces in place for the last battle. So it seems like from the average Sean Chan's perspective, they are still like on team light and they are trying to return back to the continent, take it over like, like they're prophesized to, and then win the last battle. That's their whole goal. And she's like saying all these things. She's trying to indoctrinate Egwene into the culture. She feels like because they just succeeded in that presentation that it's all good. It's all going well. And she like looks at her and gives Egwene a chance to talk. And she goes, Renna, I will kill you. And it's yeah. just, I was just so hyped, dude. Wind I was so excited, <laughs> especially with how mad Rena got because she yeah. thought she was making some progress, but you absolutely had nothing on my girl, Egwene. So this was like, just that was, I'm going to ruin it now. That made Egwene the MVP of the episode for me. I was like, yeah, that's yep, fair. So I go first, get yeah, his MVP exactly. out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. it makes my life easier because she was definitely dude, in it for me. The nuke plus I will kill you. Like, 
Yeah. I, I, Dude, the I look in her it. eye, like the intensity when she actually like lets all the power go out there and like she's like breathing hard and she has the little baby pacifier and it felt like like mm. she just was gonna kill somebody right yeah. there. I was like, and oh a my cute God. little nose, Kyle. Yeah, oh, dude, the cute little nose. I was about to go to war for her with her. I thought that was going to be the moment of her escape. Like, I thought she was just going to like power oh, burst and like crazy. everyone was going to be knocked out and she would have made a move somehow. Nah, that would weaken. Yeah. The, that would weaken the items. But I do love that quote even more because it's it's funny because at the end of watching, I think last episode, uh, me and Alki had a conversation. He was just like kind of worried that. He was kind of asking, you know, like, oh, do you think Egwene was like really broken down? Like after all the events that happened, she looked really down in the dumps. And I was kind of like, I can't tell. I hope not. And this quote just doubled down on the fact that she is ready to put up a fight any moment if she needs to. Like the moment like she can just I, I feel like it just shows that she's able to switch back and forth between that mindset of like, I can kill you and still have like not pain around me. Yeah, it's well, also- Go ahead, to go me. off that, uh, what you guys were talking about, like the I will kill you line, and you know, Dave couldn't tell if she was down in the dumps. I thought she, like Rena was making headway. I was like, oh my God, is this? And we talked about a little bit about this before, but I was like, oh my God, is this going to be like a reek situation where uh, a, a Nynaeve and Elaine come in and Egwene's like, no, like don't hurt Rena or something like that. But um, the way that she just dead stares her in the eyes and says, I will kill you. I was like, well, okay, that hits way harder because I had no idea what you were going to say. Totally agree. That makes the quote so much better because even as a book reader, I was like, dude, what is happening right now? Like, yeah, is she yeah. is she in? Is she just, in? But just braids her hair back up thinking yeah. about ways she's going to kill her. Mm-hmm. I have a question for Paul and Dave. How do we feel that they are like kind of tangentially on our team? Like they're like team the light. They want to fight the last battle. They say like, we can only fight it together. You know, Lord Tarak was like, I was sent here by the light type of deal. So like they're anti the shadow. Like Surath is obviously, he feels like an outlier within the Shan Chan, but they're not obviously good people. So it's like an interesting kind of moral question. I'm just curious of what you guys think of the fact that like, they kind of have our goal. I, yeah, it, well, maybe not Dave's sh- goal, but like our, you know, the normal people watching the show's goal. Yeah, there's tiny me. little biceps on the shadows. So. <laughs> no, I shadows. Uh, <laughs> totally agree. It's it's like they're on the same team, but they have like slightly different opinions. So they're like almost fighting each other. So I, it's almost like it's going to take somebody to unite them. Oh. And it's like, oh, well, I wonder if some Luke Smirks over there. Um, I wonder <laughs> if. It's going to be Rand next episode, uh, like announcing himself as a dragon reborn. And then maybe the Sean Jan are like, all right, he's cool. We can, we can work together. I just know. I money's just on Hopper. <laughs> Hopper. Nice. They're definitely getting the, the king or whatever you want to call him is definitely getting played like a fiddle for sure. I, I do genuinely believe they, they have these. Who, who, who are you talking about? Turok? Long nails. Long nails. Yeah. Is he not yeah. a king? No, no. no, no. There's the emperor. Hi, Lord. Yeah. That we've heard he's about. a commander, Implied basically. king, from what I've seen. He looked like a... He's like a, he's like a royal... Not like a yeah. king. He's, he's like the commander of their kind of advanced force. Like he's the highest He's the highest ranking Sean Chan on the continent at this point. But I mean, they're it, not it, from the continent. I just think he's getting played like a fiddle, obviously, because he obviously has no idea who Ishi is. Um, and it kind of makes sense with how he would want the horn then to help fight the dark. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes sense. It is interesting. I mean, I feel like this is 
we've 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 brought it up in a podcast definitely before that's just like we have all these factions and like some of them overarching do have similar goals but then there's like these sub goals yeah that's that what makes real time fun makes mm-hmm. yeah because obviously sure them and the Aes Sedai could work together and be a powerful force but obviously how they view one another is complete yeah. opposites there's a lot also of like, at, while also being similar at the same time like what they yeah. want to do with rand is exactly what the sean chen are doing with or the, what the Aes Sedai want to do with rand are kind of is exactly like what the sean chen are doing too this guy gets yeah. it yeah i do i mean the ending of this next storyline when we get to Kyrian is a lot of that too it's you know obviously some strange bedfellows the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of deal so uh, and th- that's what I'm thinking of too. Is like the White Cloaks was another faction that we know the White Cloaks are anti dark, but they also hate the Aes Sedai. So it's like, yeah, and they're anti Sean Chan. And it's like, yeah, they're anti Sean Chan, but they're also pro light. So, yeah, complicated it's weave, weird. baby. Yeah. Complicated yep. weave. Yep. One super small line she says, unite every person on this planet under the light. Um, is it like a known thing that they know the entire planet's like geography? No, that was an interesting thing for me too. It's never like, in my opinion, there's like, I feel like there's definitely like a known world. And like, we don't know. I feel like we don't know like, like the quote unquote backside. Yeah. Okay. You know, like they know that like the Isle Waste, like the mountains are there. And then the other side is the Isle Waste. And the Isle Waste goes somewhere. And like, there's another settlement, like group of people kingdom whatever the hell you want to call it on the other side of the io waste that's like very loosely involved in the story but like that's kind of it i think gotcha. like, there's a lot there's like like yeah East there's a lot of unexplored Essos, you know what that's I mean? what i was figuring uh, or that's what i thought like there was lands they probably didn't mm-hmm. know about or knew was there but they didn't have any information but the way that she said like everybody under the planet i was like oh so do they have everything on the planet mapped out if they're trying to unite them so yeah it's it's honestly part of that and again i'll probably hit the quota for the unreliable narrator i'm sure it gets mentioned once on every single wheel of time podcast but the idea as well, Shamio brings it up of like, there's so much knowledge has been lost, et cetera, et cetera. Like where we're at now, there's such a limited amount of knowledge of what's actually going on, everything like that. So in my opinion, they wouldn't know everything about the quote unquote planet. It's not even like really introduced so much as an idea of like the planet. There's a small village on an island somewhere. Yeah. No idea this is going <laughs> exactly. down. They're just chilling. Yeah. We're on our own planet on this island. That's true. I Although thinking, technically, it's it's heavily implied that this is Earth. Yeah, my so, uh, my only my one piece comparison for the episode is hey. Tarak definitely is giving Big Mom vibes in terms of like wanting to unite everyone at the dinner table, you know, kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Wait, that's a, little, a little, that's a little bit of shoehorned in, but okay. <laughs> well, we've got our convergence Malazan one, so. Kyle, you're just saying that is interesting because I we knew that was kind of a thing, but now it's like, all right, if this is Earth, where is Falm? Like, what did that was it? Did that used to be like Falm, Adelphia, Egypt, or something like that? Or yeah. I almost want to leave it to the show to potentially drop any of those book hints. They're like super small. Like I never noticed them the first time. I just like read a Reddit post. Reddit post. Yeah, people like compiling all of them, but they're like really in between the lines hints of like historical things that have happened on Earth that are like myths and legends essentially that have been passed down. Which is cool. Okay. 
So we're going to move to Kyrian. This is our last bucket, our biggest bucket. Lots of water to drink out of this bucket that did not land. So we're going to start with Leandrin, just the opening one. She kind of has a little bit of an isolated, self-contained storyline. Two scenes. We're going to smash him into one because that's the easy way to talk about him. The premise, the lead up, the intro is Leandrin arrives at the Domitred household and wants an audience with... Barthanis. Dragon Mount was wrong, right? Dragon <laughs> oh, yeah, Mount yeah. was wrong. Another yeah, instance was. of me feeling like a fucking idiot. <laughs> We're like, you hear last- it there, you're like, dude, it's right. It's obviously right. <laughs> last episode, I'm like, I really like this guy. Yeah, I could see him being a great yeah. king one day. Yeah. So I take those words right out of my mouth <laughs> well, and just fucking shove them down my throat. Before we get wrong. deeper, question for you has you've always been on team, like, there's way more dark friends out there. Like, we know characters currently in the show that are definitely going to be dark friends. He is now obviously one of them. Mm-hmm. Does he fill that quota for you? Or are you still this feeling was like a feeling? small? This was yeah. a, like a small dark friend reveal. Yeah. This is small kind of light. more so making me feel like uh, it's just like a reminder again that really anyone close that yeah. we know uh, can be a dark friend. And so this wasn't nearly the itch that I was getting. I, there's still going to be that one big one that I'm just going to be like, should have known the whole time that you were a dark. <laughs> but friend. that's the that's the key is like like you just said it's a reminder and this fucking like blew my mind i didn't see this even though you told us that maureen's sister potentially could have been because of the conversation you had on dragon mount dragon mount right Mm -hmm. correct yeah um i didn't see this coming at all even after that conversation after that conversation last podcast i just assumed that if it was going to happen it was going to be the sister really you didn't think they were going to keep it true to the books no, I just thought the way that the show was going, like how yeah. this was happening, like I, I, I thought it was. I guess it makes sense because you even brought it up, like they were giving this guy so much screen time with the sandwiches and like yeah, the, yeah. my favorite aunt, like all that. I should have seen this coming, but I just sometimes I'm a victim that, of just the moment. I, the, the herrings worked <laughs> on me because I was like, oh, yeah. this guy's genuinely a good dude. Because I feel like the dark friends that we've seen, I mean, the Pat and Fame was probably the biggest reveal, but that didn't hit us that hard because. Pat and Fane had only been introduced at the time for, as like the cart guy, whereas this has where Barthanis has played. Sorry, is that his name? Barthanis? Yeah. He's played a bigger role it's for not a great one, but it's a- Yeah, it's not a great <laughs> one, but he's definitely gotten a lot of screen time, like you said. And I feel like this was the first character that it was like, we got attached to. Shit. He's a dark friend, you know? Yeah. Totally new. Is- Go ahead, Paul. All the time, Kyle. We are just on the same nah, wavelength. I mean, your Sorry content is more important than mine. So uh, I just knew that Mumsy was going to hear everything. You know the way that she, she did. Yeah, I, I mean the way she talked about like how she like like kind of made it through everything, and she was resilient and resourceful. Um, I knew she was. I, I had a feeling she was going to be able to figure out a way to listen in. Um, but I was also taken back a little bit because the way that they rose to power was because Bart became a, a dark friend. Um, and that's how they w- rose. So I was kind of like, all right. So Mumsy thought that it was all her and it was her hard work that did everything. I'm like, oh, I'm sure that breaks her heart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was well, Darth it, Bart the whole time. It, they had a I name of like Kyrian royalty almost too already. So it's not yeah. like it was just like from scratch. Like some yeah. of the other dark friends goal is like, um, that's true. Oh, they like were like a completely like disgraced house, though. So sure, sure. That's but you have a leg helped. up, obviously. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. I'm super. Uh, in my head, when I heard that that he was talking about, oh, we wouldn't be anything without 
me turning to the dark side pretty much. I kind of was like, I'm surprised Moraine didn't, I guess. I know she's not home enough, so maybe that's I'm yeah, answering she's my own so question. One track minded. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, how would she have gone, like, leaving the house in a disgraced state and then come back to it being, like, so Jackie's prosperous? Though, so you don't know. I feel like she totally believed her sister. And, like, obviously, I feel like her sister, Anvir, also showed her in the small amount of scenes we got in episode four. I'm going to throw it out there of, like, all the eyes and ears of her. She knew about Rand and Celine, all that yeah. kind of stuff. That probably was enough for her and she's just like i said so one-track minded things are happening around her that if they're not related to the dragon born it's like cool good for you man and so kyle do you think the name of this episode a lot of a a big part of it did it have to do with this storyline like i I guess like essentially of like he played diced mr aka the game of houses through the dark and that's how he won. She was connected to it too when she talked to Rand for the first time so i guess yeah. it's that i don't know i thought it was yeah. a weird name for this episode yeah. it's a game of houses is that yeah okay. it's yeah. the so, game of thrones like it's they that. had they had the awesome line leandrin had that said remove her from the board yeah so mm-hmm. that kind of went into it and like she's a player like make her not even eligible yeah. anymore so it's cool aspect literally game I, of thrones like that's so like a, stupid i didn't even think of it like that oh my god so dumb. <laughs> i like the he's like pointing like the at the R painting he's like remove it from the board i'm like what take the painting down or <laughs> 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 i'm so stupid holy shit. i like the i like when he says our master and then the music you just hear yeah, the music yeah. kind of drop and it get more mm-hmm. intense and i was like they did it this is like 100 he's a dark friend in the books he's really not a huge character in the books you kind of like hear of him tangentially they get an invite to his party starting a little bit of a banger and they go, but they know that he's a dark friend type of deal. So they're kind of like on edge. And I, this kind of worked to maybe a little better just because we knew him beforehand. So I feel like the twist reveal type of deal worked better. Interested to see what happens with him. We kind of leave him and his mom. He's like, don't tell anyone. She's like, it's too late, baby girl, baby Love boy. It. Like I told everybody, the guards are there. I do like how she puts a little respect on Moraine's name where she's like, you know, Moraine is Moraine, but at the end of the day, like, there's two things that she understands: the difference between right and wrong, and how hard it is to do something that's right. And she's obviously, I think, speaking to herself in that scene as well. Of like, that's something mm-hmm. she learned from Moraine. She's putting that lesson into action right now, which I thought was a very little sweet moment. My son's a dark friend. There's no saving him. Like, I got to do what's right. Was it implied that she killed him at the end there? No, I didn't think so. At least I thought they were just like guards there, maybe outside. So maybe just, they okay. executed yeah. him to in like there, imprison but... him. I yeah. figured they imprisoned him, didn't kill him. I ain't seen okay. nobody. But yeah. I, I don't think when Leandrin says at the end, you know, it, even if your mother hears, like, get rid of her too. I don't think he, it seemed like he wouldn't have never gone through with actually getting rid of his mother. It seemed like the, he actually really did love her. And he was saying, like, I did it for us so we could, mm-hmm. you know, rise. For, I did it for you, basically. Something I think about too is what is going to be the aftermath of like the failure? Like, if he's in the cell failed the mission is still alive i'm wondering if they do anything with that we'll see if he comes back i feel like he he could be a fun little character that they can keep the thread going for like a like they can get a they can milk a little more we just see storyline so i'm him next to low gain like in the asylum (laughs) like hey first time like he just got in with no hands and no tongue as we move 20 years into the past with a little bit of de-aging cgi and this is young moraine young sawan 
a little bit of a little lovers, not a quarrel, but a classic, honestly, conversation that a lot of people have had in their lives of, I really hope your parents and your family like me. They're making all these big plans now that the Aiel War is over. So we get another breadcrumb about the Aiel War 20 years ago. Dots are connecting here. And they're kind of completing after they get a little kissy kiss and they talk about their future. This little mission, which happens to be informing this new older Aes Sedai, we meet Gitara Sedai, that the Aiel War is over, and they get a little more than they thought they were going to get as they walk into this woman's chamber just to give her this news, and their whole lives are kind of thrown upside down. Crazy. Would that, just would that, that like, have just happened to anybody, I guess? Like if No, no because nah. it was the timing of it when you saw the flashes and the parallels with Rand's mom giving birth to the Dragon Reborn. They, yeah, they mention a line here, which if you don't know, you have no idea. But she mentioned, I think it's Moraine as this guitar, her eyes kind of glaze over and she starts saying all these things. And I believe it's Moraine who says, are you having a foretelling? We've talked about how Loghain can see male weaves and how that's like a talent, like capital T talent that you have that like not everyone can do that type of deal. Foretelling is a talent from the books where like you get glimpses of the future in my opinion and knowledge, they had not introduced this concept at all. They name dropped it here. Essentially, it's a thing of like, you know, however rare it is, one in a million channelers have this ability, which is called foretellings. So they're completely random. They just come upon you completely involuntary. Different than men's ability. Yes. Yeah. And you have like, you have a legitimate like look into the future. Like you can What's see the, future, the actual though, future. Technically? Like it felt like it was well, happening. She, so she's parallel. like, she, they, the way they shot the scene was it's happening parallel, but like she knows that like the dragon is being born and like can see that like it's he as the dragon type of deal. So like foretelling is, is kind of like a, yeah, a glimpse into the future of things that are going to happen. Mint is like insanely cryptic and while foretelling mean, is more of like a, this will happen. Okay. Got it. As a book reader, I've pictured this scene a million times in my head and it was just amazing for me to see. Don't have anything to add. It's just, yeah, this sets off the whole series and it makes so much sense. Like this is such a pivotal scene. I didn't think we were ever going to get it because we've already been told about it in words. This is a new spring scene. Awesome. Okay. We, which uh, I ha- cool. is the only book I haven't, it's the prequel. Yeah. Book yeah. This happens. 14. Yeah. This happens in the prequel. Personally, it's the only one I haven't read. So I thought it fell flat. It didn't like, feel like intense or like a huge heavy weight to me is what it is I, that might be my only single complaint about the episode is that we got the umbilical cord shot again which yeah, was nice they were yeah. like dude the people it loved it in season one let's bring it back <laughs> and show them in the season two. Oh, it's wild to see the aiel i was just you know see that whole scene again and how crazy it was season one it is cool and it does hit hard again season two because like luke's saying it is setting off everything it's like the dragon reborn is being reborn like it's, that's it's, a big fucking deal it's, it's the moment that sets yeah. up the whole series yeah um and talking about swan meeting moraine's family and oh i hope they like you or that i hope they like me it just shows that moraine didn't want to abandon her family for all of those years it, literally this night happened they were talking about their future they wanted to get a little bamboo hut which is just adorable and moraine's like i'm not the fucking fisher wife you're the fucking fisher wife <laughs> And then all of a sudden they get this and it's kind of like Dave, what you were saying, like, oh, like with that, was that just like random that it happened to Moraine and Swan? Yeah, like, like if Leandrin was by the like, door, would she have immediately maybe. just taken up her sword and been like, all right, 
The fucking wheel, man. The fucking yeah, wheel. Yeah. Maybe I was going to say, my answer to that is purely just the yeah, wheel I mean, weaves as the yeah. wheel wills. That's, yeah. the, that's the answer I was expecting. I was yeah. just in my it's, head, just playing that hypothetical, like if yeah, it was a Marvel's what if. Like, it's what a if cop out. It's a it. cop out answer, but in this it's specific context of the Wheel of Time, this is the whole foundation of the series. Yeah, is yeah. It's their part to play it's, in it's the exactly. wheel. It's exactly. Like, it's all these moments. Yeah, it's one of my most favorite, like, writers steroids i guess you could say for lack of a better point that they put in their own story classic example and we've talked about this before because i feel like i've said these words before of in dragon ball z where like the saiyan gene yeah, so they yeah. get their ass kicked and then they're stronger it's just like it's it An feels like such a cop out yeah, yeah but it's like part of the story so Literally, like it eventually keeps working and working mostly and working. weaknesses in other stories it's, it's actually a strength yeah. in real time because it's by design no yeah, yeah cool. i think it'd be great I just to right. say her words, um, the baby lies in the snow and cries like the thunder and burns like the sun. We've heard that before, have we not? Tell no one, my sisters, you must find the dragon reborn and prepare the world to follow, which is interesting. And they kind of look at each other and like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> remember there was all the plans that we <laughs> yeah, just had. That, like, that sucks. <laughs> the moment Moraine becomes so selfish, yeah. but not selfish because it's <laughs> the greater good. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say so takes me off guard every single time I see Moraine smile. Like I'm like, dude, I'm used to depressed, like disheveled, <laughs> haven't done my hair, Moraine, and she yeah. looks so happy, young and and naive, if you will. But it's she's happy and kissing Swan. It's it's. Very weird juxtaposition to then just cut to the new Moraine scene of um like shielded. I love the the meta parallel of guitar said I's having the foretelling, seeing the scenes of um Rand's mom having Rand, and it's like also for us, it's season two, episode seven, cold open, season one, episode seven, cold open. I thought I didn't notice that until I like, wrote down my notes. I was like, oh my god, episode pattern, seven. baby, we're getting yeah. in season three. Yeah, like, be crazy. on the lookout we're getting some sort of flashback in yeah that's three. true that's crazy all right let's okay. run okay yep oh man my notes are slightly out of order here but just one little scene i'm I'm gonna talk just mention it so that it's like out there in the world we don't really need to comment on it yasuka everyone's favorite second favorite third favorite second favorite brown sister hands varin and ogier map of the city tomas kind of gets the the knowledge the the go-ahead he walks off and as our green trio is a bit suspicious, Yvonne and Maskim vote to follow him. So Yvonne just goes off and follows him. And Maskim is just kind of there with Alana. That's like something that happens that'll brew in the background. The really no, 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 no. Hold on. I just made a Harry Potter reference. We can't go past this because we missed it the first time. But oh. Yasuka being Cho Chang, right? Yeah. <laughs> From Harry Potter. <laughs> oh I cannot God, believe we didn't we didn't pick yeah. that up the first time around. Oh, my God. But I had, mm -hmm. to, I had to bring it up. I asked Emily, I was like, I bet you can guess where she's from. She looks at me, she's like, Cho Chang. I was like, oh, oh that's nuts. The disarray between the Aes Sedai, like, who is, who is the guy that said, oh, I, I don't trust Varen? Yvonne. Yvonne? Yeah, just. Well, yeah, that's Alana, one of Alana's warders. I yeah. like, wrote that down because I was like, Varen has proven nothing but loyalty. But again, same with Lando. Not, he when doesn't they know that. Him. Remember when? Yeah, they, yeah, he doesn't know that. It's everybody is yeah. on to the us. table. To yeah, to us, we're like Varen. Yeah, that's what like I wrote it down. I was just like, come on, yeah, Varen's definitely Ryder. So him, Yvonne going to follow Tomas, that just didn't have any purpose beyond the point of there oh, is animosity between all the sisters. They don't really know. Okay, I agree. I was like, what is what is happening here? Why are they? Yeah, we'll out? get there later, and he's just not there. Suspicion, yeah. not I wouldn't say animosity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Maskim does again to reinforce this point. Maskim's like, I'm more concerned about Leandrin. 
where the hell is she at? And that gets into the Leandrin Darth Bart scenes, which we already talked oh, about. Where'd you get that? That's cool. Oh, that's actually the second time I said it this episode. Oh, so. was it? I missed the first one. Hold on. The first time I heard that, I was like, yeah, yeah. I love that. I got We're the doing that now. I got the ball stamp of approval, so I said it again. <laughs> All right. Moving into a finally a reunion between Moraine and Suwan. So Moraine arrives in this kind of audience hall that Suwan has set up. She brought her replica Amer- Amerlin seat with her, and they have this little kind of very quick discussion about basically the first scene about like how far they've come in those 20 years. I think we talk about all of that before we talk about obviously Rand. Um, Just absolutely love Swan's constant, constant references to like being a fisherwoman, yeah. fisherman back in the day, you know, um, they were talking about, Hey, why didn't you tell me you'd been stilled? And they get into that. And then Swan's like, don't worry. You've carried this burden by yourself for so long. I row beside you from here on out. It's just like, <laughs> like every single little time she can make a reference. Oh, she, she drops it's it. So it's book book accurate, accurate, yeah, book it's accurate. so book accurate, baby. And then like, it's time I met Randall Thor. Just like, I literally got like a little jolt. I was like, Oh, that seems like a big meeting. I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to see this. Yeah. I was excited to see these two like finally reconnect, but obviously it's not going to be, in a way that they want to like this is a business meeting at the end of the day it's not going to be anything about love and it's a little painful to see them kind of button heads after being you know apart for so long swan literally just found out that she'd been stilled in her eyes and and the thing with about forcing lance bond to alana as a thing like she was not happy about that either yeah i just it, it sucks to see them both kind of because they're both going through it so it just sucks that they can't really embrace each other before they got a business literally only called this scene out to like have its own discussion because i wanted to shout out liana sadai how she like walks moraine in and then gets dismissed and like looks moraine up and down with like disdain in the ideal of like the tower and like the outward perspective like that is actually swan's like rider right hand like liana's like this fucking moraine chick like all this stuff like i don't even think liana knows about moraine and swan's like past and their relationship so it's just funny that like i just like how much of a rider she is all right. So as Paul mentioned, Swan's like time for me to meet Rand Althor. But before we get my favorite scene of the entire episode, which I have been absolutely crying out, begging for, and I mentioned at the end of last episode. So Rand is standing outside of this audience chamber and Lan, the man, kind of prepares him to meet the Amarlin seat. Just so many good quotes. I literally teared up when I fucking watched this scene for the first time. This is easily my favorite scene of the whole episode. I feel like we'll let everyone else talk and then I can give just my piece the land piece the or when he gets yeah. into the chamber. I'll say before he gets into the chamber, just all of him in the land conversation. Okay. All right. Let me steal all the good lines real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, do your thing. Jitley <laughs> reaches for the sword and uh, Rand dips away and he goes, oh. Heron dips the wing. Like I see you've would been you. Would you have said Rand nope, dips away? Have. Okay, nope, 100%. <laughs> if you didn't know the move was called Heron dips the wing, <laughs> absolutely not. I just had that in my head because I was reading my notes. And then you talked. You guys talked about this before when we were talking about the moves. You were like, ah, cat crosses the courtyard. That's the one you want to look out for. And Land says, to, yeah, Land says to him right here. If you're going to use a move, use this move. And keep your back straight, blah, blah, blah. It was just the the whole training aspect of it was really cool. And it hit honestly hit me harder this episode because I know 
I, I knew that you were looking forward to Rand and Land interaction. So I was like, all right, hopefully we get something a little cool here. And just, I, I hope they train and bond a lot. And to jump forward, where we see them leave off, maybe they will. They're going to have some time together. So, Land. That's their name together. Land. <laughs> yeah. How imaginative. How about Rand without the D? <laughs> Rand, yeah, Rand. Rand will work too. Rand all four. Is that your only thought on this scene, Dave? Yeah, pretty much. Lands the man. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm craving more, to be honest. I need I need yeah. a little bit more, but it is nice. Like you could tell Rand looks up to Land a little bit and he absorbs the information. He says, Whatever you see, face it on your feet. Like all these little tidbits. Land was always the one kind of calming Rand down early in season one when Rand was kind of freaking out about Egwene. Like, where the hell is she taking us? And mm-hmm. Land was always kind of the voice of reason that Rand yeah. kind of watch respected. your tongue, sheep herder. So the beginning of book two is they're back in Faldara and like Rand is kind of internally freaking out. Like he's been this season. He thinks he killed the dark one, but he can still channel. So he's like, everyone wants to kill me. And it's Lan and Rand kind of training with the sword in Faldara. And then like the Amaralyn shows up and Rand's like, oh my God, I gotta get the fuck out of here. You know, they're mm-hmm. here to kill me type of deal. And eventually it gets to a point where like he has to like things happen, blah, 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 blah. And he has to talk to her and him and Lan have this like almost exact conversation outside of the audience chamber in like the beginning of book two. And I remember rereading the book being like, dude, like they might skip this shit. Like it's mm-hmm. the beginning of book two. Like we're not even in fall. Like we're not going to be in fall. Like Rand, Lan, whoa, Rand ran away <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's not going to happen. And the fact that we got it, it was just so awesome. I think one of my favorite, one of the most famous quotes from the entire story, one of mine is like Luke had kind of mentioned it. There's one rule above all others for being a man. Whatever comes, face it on your feet. That is something that like Rand like really internalizes throughout like the entire story. And it's like really shows that connection that him and and Lan have. And that honestly is Lan's like life story, basically. Like he has an insanely difficult life and past, and his whole family died, and his old kingdom and country's been swallowed by the blight. And he's kind of like a lone ranger in this fight against the shadow and him and Moraine match up and moraine's fucking been dicking him around this whole season but like he knows in his head like there's one rule above all others for being a man is whatever comes you face it on your feet and like he embodies that so much and i also love again he's speaking this kind of sense this this mentorship this kind of emotional rock almost when rand is like i left to protect the people that i love and lands like dude like don't like, you can't be that selfish like you're the dragon reborn you were born to protect this world and everyone in it not just the ones you love i feel like brand really needed that slap in the face almost That's of like so you cool. can't like you can't just run because you th- you're afraid of hurting people you love you have such a higher purpose like you can't think that small like you're mm-hmm. the guy you're our guy and you need to start acting like our fucking guy so he sends him into the room and it's, it's, I love how, again, Swan, we can move right into that basically, is he's so formal in the beginning of the interaction where he's like, you know, I'm here, mother, or whatever. And she's like, oh, I see land prepared you. And like, it's exactly yeah. how it happens in the book. He like pours two drops of water. And they had this whole argument when land's like, it's two drops, like before they go in and he does it all. And Swan just smiles and it's like, I see fucking land sunk his talons into you type of deal. So I just, we can move right into that scene. I just, I love the Rand and Land interaction. Yeah, this was just an interaction that I 
I guess subconsciously have been just like very much waiting for because we have, if not the most powerful Aes Sedai who is in charge of the White Castle, which Rand has obviously been so (laughs) fearful of and dreading to want to like be around and whatnot. So it's this was an interaction that I just really love seeing. Like as soon as he walks in the door, I'm like this, like ears were up. I was like edge of my seat. I was so ready for it. And yeah, it was interesting seeing how in the very beginning, you know, he's very formal with her and then how once she's kind of letting it slip of the plan yeah. of what how they want to use Rand. He's like, okay, well, I'm not going to be formal anymore. I'm going to do my own thing. The thing that I brought up earlier was that the Amelin Seed is trying to cage him like the Sean Chen are caging Egwene, really. And everyone thinks they're all so high and mighty and better than the other person when in reality, it's just everyone can be a dick. Like, mm-hmm. sure, you're fighting for the side of good, but you got to think about, you know, the humanity of the thing. Like, you can't just have Rand just shielded until the the moment you need him most and just like release him like a nuke like that's just not how this is going to work and i think he's making a good case for that here she is also kind of making a good case for it in the sense that it's like okay you're gonna go mad we need to really watch you like you don't have any control of your powers we need to be the ones watching you at all time i get it but obviously that's just not how you're going to train someone like Rand. he's just going to be stubborn he's going to fight every way if that's the if that's how you're going to do it yeah, super hypo- hypocritical, honestly, it seemed like. But I love the line where Rand's like, oh, what if I don't want to be a spoke in the wheel anymore? And she's like, dude, you freaking moron. You're not, a, you're not a spoke. You're the water that turns the wheel itself. You don't get to and it kind of going off land like what he was saying. Face it on your feet. It's She's like, dude, you don't get to just like not want to be it. You are a key part no matter what you want. The way she was getting into you know, oh, do you know what the like Tower Law says that the Amarillin seat must do when they find the Dragon Reborn? I thought she was going to be cool about it and be like, oh, like, you know, I'm not going to do that, though. <laughs> we throw yeah. you a fucking banger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, Paul. You know, the way that she just throws the shield at him, too. I, like, well, first one, Rand is like powering up. I'm like, dude, are you seriously? Do you think you can? <laughs> Come on, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? I won't and... live in your cage. I love that line. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right, all right, cool guy. Like, it's like a rat saying that. Like, yeah, you're going to shield it. Yeah, you're going to be held in the cage. She's like, dude, how many months have you known? And you have literally learned nothing. So that was cool. And then just the Moraine and Land conversation outside. I was just like, dude, Moraine, stop being such a dick to Land, man. I thought you would be cool. And she's like, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Like, you put everything in uh, the whole battle in jeopardy because of this. But I just love the whole time Lan is super concerned about her. Like only two women in history that have been cut off that didn't kill themselves. Have you ever thought of that? And then that builds on Moraine being like, I'd never once thought of that. Like I she can't lie either. So this is the truth. Like I that never was like, a great line from her. Yeah. Like honest. I just are you kidding me? Like, of course I haven't. I have way too important of a job to do. And did that, you see a smile after that? I didn't. Like that he was like, mm-hmm. okay. I That's don't awesome. that was like him really starting to believe that she is not still that she's actually shielded. He literally smiles after she says, like, I never once considered it. And he's like, oh, uh, that's cool. That's a cool little pick that yeah, we were that talking about this last episode, you know, pushing the boundaries of the O's that you take when you become an eye to die. So if you can lie, then you, you know, you're not shielded. You're still to go into that land is reading in that. It's awesome. Yeah loved it loved it loved it yeah this like how kyle felt about the other scene you guys already took like a bunch of the great 
pieces of this scene between <laughs> Rand and Swan, which is natural. Yeah, this, is, this is we get the trickle down. It goes through Dave and Paul, then it gets to yeah. me, and, then, and then Kyle cleans it up. But <laughs> I'm gonna bring up a line that I know a lot of people hate it, which accepting the fact that this is an adaptation of the source material. I've already gotten over it from season one, but when Swan says to Rand after being disappointed, he's like, "This," she's like, "This is all you know after six months. This is pathetic." Of you know him having of channeling, she says, "We would have been so much better off if you were a girl." And I know a lot of book readers are sitting there like, "Ugh, that's the that's a cringy line because the it's idea so that true though." Well, yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's like a that's very very true. Yeah, for the, it almost is a shock like that. I the heard madness it, that, like... and the training. Yeah, it's almost a shock that when I heard it, like they, that, like no one, and maybe they did, and I didn't catch it. That like no one ever said that in the books. It's true. It is. It's it feels a, like it would be like the I said I complete mindset of like it totally blows that this guy has to be a guy. It's a valid really take. Yeah. But that's but that's what I was getting at is that it's like a it's a thing that the dragon is a guy. So that's what pissed people off in season one when they were doing the whole mystery. Is it a Gwen or Nynaeve? Like that was never an option yeah. and that was always a gripe. So this line is kind of like a fuck whatever, fuck you to the book readers. Who cares? Except that it's like that and it's actually a good line, just like you're saying, Kyle. Besides that, the only other thing I like that Paul was kind of hinting at, like the Tower Law is saying the Dragon Reborn is supposed to be used in the in the end of the last battle, but Swan goes on to say not as a general, but as a weapon. And that just probably pushes the wrong buttons in Rand. And I'm ready to mm. see how he reacts to that going forward because he's already very questionable about all Aes Sedai. Took him up until this point to even trust Moraine. Like these are not the things you want to say to the Dragon Reborn as you're shielding him. Mm. A lot of this is like kind of probably triggering him so this was a really well done scene um and i i was looking forward to swan meeting meeting ran like this and this it was cool all around and then as far as the moraine land scene yeah you guys hit it pretty much i don't think i have anything to add to that i am happy though that moraine goes back in right after that conversation and talks with swan lumping this all together and says that cool line how the plan was after that cold opening for 20 years ago Moraine was going to go find and prepare the dragon and then Swan was going to get the tower ready. That's just like cool because like that's always the plan, but it's just cool to put into words. So I like that. One small thing, just uh, praising the writing of the show. And I I just loved that Varen and Moraine were talking about, you know, what was this episode two? Um, you know, Great oh, this the sisters want to clip the dragon's wings, and we didn't really know what that meant, but it kind of planted the seed that oh, maybe being at the tower isn't the best thing for Rand. Um, and then you know, finally, however many episodes later, we get the reveal of what clipping the wings actually meant. Like, a we're going to shield you and use you as a weapon. So I had that in the, in the back of my mind, constantly watching the episode to seeing what the tower's real you know, purpose and, and real plan was. So it was cool to get that little payoff. So just, you know, maybe they're not doing everything right, but there are a couple things that really do feel good to be a viewer with like, you know, fresh eyes. But Rand's a peacock. Yeah. Gotta let him fly, dude. Gotta, Gotta let, let him fly, fly. baby. <laughs> I just love Swan. I think she's a fantastic character. Sophie Oka Nato and I, that is so not her name. Sophie, I believe, is her first name. But she's fucking awesome. I just love the little... Again, when we were saying Rand is so formal at the beginning, she's, like, so nice and smiley. And then she's, like... They're talking about these things. And then she just, like, drops. And it's, like, so deadly serious. And I love that she could flip that switch so well. I love 
the fact that they use the words general and weapon, I just mm-hmm. like that made me giddy thinking about like the series as it goes and Rand's place and everything and Lieutenant. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> we don't fuck with Lieutenant. Sorry to our yeah. We'll blame it on the French. We'll blame it on the Which, French, the lieutenant stuff. Us, Thank you for commenting and educating us. Lieutenant. Oh, all, all 27 <laughs> comments. No, 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 we did it on purpose so we would get uh, yeah. all those comments. No, we're yeah, not idiots. Yeah. We knew that. We, knew that. <laughs> we had but, no idea. No, yeah. But yeah, Dave, I just love your point, too, about like those parallels between the, the Demane, the Soldam, the Sean Chan type of deal, where she's like, we'll only have you channel only what we want and when we want. And it's just so interesting that last episode, Renna goes to Egwene and it's like, oh, so like the I like the eyes that I don't have slaves, all that kind of stuff. That mindset is just very interesting. They're paralleling them. And then the last thing that I'll say is that I thought it was kind of interesting that Swan is like, you left the fate of the world a chance for your pride. And I was like, bro, where's your fucking belief in the wheel, baby? The wheel wills as the wheel wills, baby. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Like, that's all Maureen had to say. Like, what do you mean, girl? You forgot? Have you lost faith in the wheel? That would have my comeback. That's all I got to say. Oh, and then it's just interesting that the plan at the end game for Swan is to announce Rand as the dragon in front of, like, the world, basically, when Queen Galdrian returns. That's the 14 castle, Aes though, die right? with them. Yeah, they'll have 14 Aes to die with. You're talking about the White Castle? Yeah, White Castle. Now, I think she said here in Kyrian. Oh, did she say Kyrian? Yeah. In the Sun oh, yeah, Palace. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're the right. Sun Palace of Kyrian. They didn't name drop that yet, but I'll drop it for you. Okay, so we'll move into kind of the aftermath of all of these conversations is that Rand is now shielded. He's placed in a cell. Liana Sedai is holding his shield and uh, his desperation, you could say, in the moment leads him back to who else? But our girl, Lanfear. And I mean, hey, that's exactly where I would run as well. So I would say... There's a little bit of like an Alana Maskam scene in here, but I'm thinking we talk like we meet Rand in the cell all the way until Lanfear busts through the, the foregate in all white and throw just, just fucking ripping fireballs. I mean, I totally understand why Rand is so whipped for Lanfear because she <laughs> is just so sexy, man. Those boots were doing it for me when she's just sitting on that throne. She yeah, just Both does. outfits. Yeah, they're great. I love it when you try and manipulate me. <laughs> great line. That Great might line. be the qu- so many quotes of the of the yeah. episode. <laughs> I was cracking the fuck up when Rand's in the cell, and he's shielded, and he's telling talking to Moraine, and he's like, "It feels like Moraine's like, yeah, I fucking know, okay, like you don't need to tell me, like I know exactly what it feels like." Yeah, we. I, it's just nice every time they drop little lines about rules of channeling. Um, they Moraine says she needs to channel to keep the shield in place. That was just going into we're not supposed to know about tying off knots and shields and stuff like that and all of that. So we got the answers a little early, like Kyle was saying before, but it I honestly am glad that we got it then. So we're not like sitting around like what the fuck's going on and all this other shit. So Mm I I don't know. I just I liked it a lot. Just seeing the what what's her the keeper. What's the right yeah. hand? Liana. Yeah. Liana, yeah. Yeah, Liana, just again, she's probably just so happy that she's there to do this. She probably loves making them like suffer because, like you were saying, she doesn't like Moraine and she is Swan's right hand. So she was definitely enjoying it. She's super powerful. And her thing in the books, which Kyle, I know he has mentioned at least maybe back in season one, our coverage, her thing is she is just the hottest girl in the world. Like really? every time she gets talked about, it's like, oh, my God, like, she's yeah, so she's like tall, long legs. Yeah. The, her like, I guess, ethnicity, 
She's uh, she's Damani, which is gets very confusing in the audiobook with the Damane. Oh, yeah. it's the worst. It's the worst thing ever. Honestly. Yeah. But they're like whole shtick. They're like masters of seduction. Like they teach women. This is a very cultural thing for them. So Liana is just like a very sultry, like attractive just like woman who like turns heads type of deal i honestly i get it in like a different way from her actress her actress in real life too is like a badass chick and i think she fits the role really well i'm excited to get more of her it reminds me of francesca just from the witcher she's supposed to be like the most beautiful elf of like all time um they say that every every time in the the book Yeah, yeah, Luke, be supposed to be. Luke's obsessed with her. <laughs> um, so I love the reveal too that they're talking about why, like Rand is telling Moraine, "Yeah, I know they're trying to get me to go to Falm, but I'm I want to do it anyway because they have a Gwen." And then you know they kind of put it together. They want me to go to Falm because that is where the dragon is supposed to proclaim himself, yeah. which is really cool. And the Forsaken want to proclaim him. And then, you know, we're thinking they kill him right away. So the whole world knows there is no hope. And they're like, wow, I'm uh, trapped in, you know, a cell by the Aes Sedai. The Forsaken would totally hate that. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe we use that to our advantage. So the only thing I had a problem with this of him, like, calling for Lanfer's help to cause a distraction was Lan just had the line like, hey, don't be selfish. You're supposed to protect the people of this world. And then by calling Lanfear, she they just kill probably like a hundred p- people, if not more. So necessary whatever. collateral. It's like yeah, dragon. the bigger picture thing. <laughs> yeah. But also Sacrifice a few for the many. I brought, the I brought this up last episode. From their perspective until this moment, what has she done on screen to our characters? that would signify that she's pure evil like or if she even is like i'm just saying in general like how would Rand know besides that she has the title forsaken and like the the mythos around it like you know what i mean like she, all she's ever done is she tries to manipulate Rand all the time but like in a way that is for her gain i guess her trance on luke is working oh, she's, she's yeah. trying to trance it's rand luke's, and it's catching luke's up luke talk about and... wheel of land fear bro this is the best <laughs> show ever man she's the best i, I saw a, a very funny tweet that was like rand going to her in the dream world was like when you miss the bus in middle school and like you have to like go ask your one of your parents <laughs> to give you a ride to school it's like hey um i'm yeah. kind of locked in a cell and Kyrie, so she's like, like you didn't even make it out of the city bro and he's like come on i need your help yeah that was great if only Egwene had a forsaken to help her out with her situation yes <laughs> no yeah, maybe rena's a forsaken yeah. who knows she's not <laughs> to our knowledge she's not the reincarnated boyfriend or girlfriend of some fucking battle forsaken my so. boy is she's gonna save her uh, maybe maybe and lanfear's rampage was interesting i thought it was just very fun she looks great i thought the cgi looks really good mm. I just love the line of 3,000 years pass and I'm back to this, which is just very so interesting. I had that written down. Like her in the war of power of like talking about the shadow, just like fucking cities up and did shit she, like that. Did she say I'm back to this or we're back to this? Because that's a big because in my I I heard how I line. took it and this I could be completely wrong. I thought it was too much of a coincidence of her showing up to like the castle gate and saying like 3000 years and we're back to this like saying how in the last in whatever it was two episodes ago when she was saying how technology hasn't even caught up to where they were 
when the world broke 3000 years ago, I thought she was saying like, we're still fucking doing medieval castles. Like we're back to this. That's how I took it, but I could be completely wrong because what you're saying also makes sense. Yeah. I took it as like 3000 years and like, I'm still like, we're, I'm back to, you know, pretty much laying siege to all these big castles and cities. And I guess it wouldn't have been castles, but either way, the point's cool regardless because it's just like her talking about her being yeah living through multiple ages and seeing this my note underneath it is just she looks so hot and evil (laughs) does she not look like sansa stark a little bit sophie turner did you get any of that a little bit i could i could see why you i do she's the hottest man (laughs) i love her (laughs) sophie turner or lanfear but lanfear natasha's overtaken sophie (laughs) all right so speaking of hot we're gonna get to hot well, now we got to get to some, I guess. Yeah, there's talk a lot about Baron. Yeah, no, there's there's hot involved here. So uh, a lot. So Maskim's like hanging out in the hallway, checking himself out in his knife. I feel like obviously he's acting that way more than he actually is that way type of deal. But essentially, they lead Lan to Dave's favorite character. Or no, is he three? Is he four? Is he five? Who knows? We'll f- tune in next episode when you get our updated yeah. character rankings. True. So we. Loghain, a Lan and Loghain interaction was not something that I was anticipating or expecting. I thought it went hard. A lot of good see, a lot of good quotes, just a very, I think, productive scene as well. So I think a lot goes on here. I assume we'll have a lot to say, but biggest drop, which was huge info dump and would have been nice if, you know, we kind of got a little reference to it earlier. But Lan is like, hey. I am told that you can see male weaves and all that stuff. So we got references to it. I guess it was kind of tough. Like when you're with us, when we're like, this isn't how it is in the books. And then we're kind of confusing you type of deal. So, I mean, even without that, I mean, it goes against everything for him to be able to see weaves being stilled. Like that just doesn't make sense to me still, even though like he's special and has that ability that doesn't explain why he has it. So I also agree. Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it it just didn't make sense. So we're like watching all these episodes and we're like, this doesn't check out. This doesn't check out. This doesn't check out. So I just wish they dropped something earlier. Mm-hmm. And if the the whole drop was that he saw Rand while he was in the cage, I, like I don't know, that seemed more of a plot hole than it did, you know, an info drop at the time. So and for what it's worth, I'm pretty sure this is considered a talent under that same bucket as foretelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Capital so, T baby talent. They're just not like I think what Paul's saying is like just for non podcast listeners and like just casual viewers, we they haven't even dropped the word talent yet, have they? No, 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 no. Yeah. So how obviously not seems to be revealed at this time. Like having a talent isn't touching the one power. It's just like a power that you know even if you are still you can still have access to yeah apparently apparently yes this stuff is the gray area of what they're changing what they're keeping because the books don't even use the word talent that often compared to i mean they do but whatever yeah they do keep going (laughs) but i this was a great land scene baby because he he really baits Logan here just to try and get him to feel you know he's in a good spot, like has the upper hand on him. And then at the very end, Lance switches it off on him. He's like, I will never forget what you did to our sisters. Yeah. You are a piece of shit. You can just rot here for all I care. You're never going to experience death. You're just going to live out your days like this. That was just a great hard line from Lance. to, to got some Robin and Logan's face. Got some Brown sisters that want to study you. Like maybe I'll just let them have you. Yeah, I love Logan because he got Logan back a little bit. Because to Logan's credit, he's not very clear about what he means when he's like, "What do you see when you look at Moraine?" And he's like, "A desperate, lonely woman who has given <laughs> her life to a cause beyond her understanding." 
And he's like, you know, it's madness. It's asking me for a straight answer, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I, I love wild card. Yeah. I love that line. To be honest, yeah, I was really funny. a little bummed out that he his description of it sounded amazing. He was like, you know, there are weaves on it from a man, thousands of strands pulled together, held in place, but nothing being channeled into them. I was like, oh, man, it's so cool. And then they kind of show Rand what he yep. sees. And I'm like, that's like seven weaves. Man. It's a CGI just, budget. We'll, we'll I, talk about the CGI budget. I know. I know. I was a little upset. But, <laughs> I you know, it is them. what it is. Yeah, his little reenactment of it, too. He's like getting his little cloak around himself. He's like, like crunching over. He's like, it looks like this. It looks like this. <laughs> that was great. Um, question for the Rooks here. Do you think this is the last time we see El Professor Logan? I mean, no. I want to say no because I no. feel like he barely taught Rand how to channel. <laughs> you yeah. could argue he didn't teach him dick. He, all he said is you got to grab that shit, yeah. and then it made yeah. Rand puke right yeah, after. Well, so big old baby a, spit up. Yeah, it was more of a baby spat up. But yeah, <laughs> he's definitely coming back though. <laughs> all right, so the next scenes are in somewhat of an awkward kind of cadence progression type of deal. Let's take Varen arriving. And kind of pulling the fast one on Liana. And then the three of them, this is Moraine, Varen, Rand, walk outside, are greeted by these newfound allies, at least in Rand's mind. And then the last kind of part is Swan and the other I said I link type of deal. So maybe let's talk about Swan on the other side of linking very quickly, only because I know it's not going to be a big conversation. I just thought it was very cool that they did the storm cloud and it looks really cool. And then they dampen the four gates fires. Liana arrives and she's like a little confused because she's like, hey, didn't you call for me type of deal? I don't know how much we want to talk about that. We'll talk about it more maybe when we talk about actually Varen. So is that seemed true? like the weaves going into creating the rain that I seemed like they actually did have, you know, some blue or some green to them, which made them like, oh, that's the earth weave and the water weave or whatever mm -hmm. combining yeah. to do that. So Kyle, you've been saying it, the effort going into the weaves this season minus the seven weaves that were shielding <laughs> <Shield>. <laughs> um, my thoughts are in terms of linking like the first thing i obviously thought of was the finale of season one um Ugh. yeah obviously uh, for you guys um <laughs> but we don't talk about that so the woman there that is linking all the uh at the end of season one Mm -hmm. Is she just not experienced enough with linking Correct. to be able to control it? Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was she, she, was, she so was not weak. a sister. Yeah, she was so weak they kicked her out of the tower because she couldn't even become a novice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay that makes yeah. sense. No, that's just the only thing I really yeah. thought of was when that's like that. handing a machine gun to like a toddler, is what she was versus mm -hmm. Swan, you're given, you know, like she's a trained fucking military expert, like with Oh, and speaking to also, Paul, with what you were going into with the weaves and seeing the colors, I'm pretty sure when Rand is face to face with the Amelin seat, you can actually see him pull some of the fire. Yes, you can. From yeah. the red, from the red yeah, weaves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just we're, again, yeah. more attention to detail. We're getting, and we'll talk about it a little later. How about I'll, I'm yeah, going to yeah. stick a pin in that in my own mind. But and I'm going to say this out loud. So that now we all know that the pin is there. Yeah. Are we well, done okay, with now we're that? talking about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, let's um, keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, so yeah, Rand in the books is like a big fire guy. So yeah, I mean we could they've done a good job, I think, of doing that. 
I was talking about this earlier. I was like, do we know if he specializes in one or the other? So that's cool that we Yeah, but it wasn't cool when you said it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was way more like exploratory and like hypothetical. Yeah, now we got some concrete examples. All right. So we're gonna move slightly back in time just because I like these two scenes. Just we're big Varen fans. Varen kind of arrives, orders Liana away, and then there's a lot of there's a couple good quotes here varen i feel like is ripe for good quotes and then we meet outside a couple more good quotes so just those two scenes together and then we'll take like the real ending of the episode will be the ending of our episode as well you are very clever with your words sister yeah (laughs) moraine moraine knew right away this keeper bitch for being the second hand sorry for the b word but uh we drop yeah, it I don't too know. much. We drop it too much. <laughs> she wasn't uh, says we yeah, she wasn't, you were working on it. <laughs> she, I, she just wasn't ready. She wasn't thinking in uh, enough. And what Varen said is the Amerlin seat needs you to protect the people. Is that what she says? It's the Amerlin requires your strength to watch over Kyrian, and I've been told to watch the boy. Well, okay, so when she says I've been told to watch the boy. Is that like her? Just saying, like the eyes that die, watch over the dragon reborn. Don't let him escape. Like that would qualify as her not lying. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, was it like her warder who was like, she was, she's like, oh, I've been told to watch over the dragon reborn, but yeah. you know, it was actually my boy that told me to go watch <laughs> over him. Like valid that's not a as lie. well. Valid. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is again back to episode two when Varen's like, yeah, I'm not a big oath gal. Like, there's a lot of ways to to circumvent the oath, and we're almost seeing here in this scene, like she's a master. Of, yeah. of circumventing and Moraine, like you said, calls her out on it. Like, damn, that's awesome. You um, wild. Waygate hidden in the city, and the whole Yasuka giving her the Ogier map, just really cool. You know, glory yeah, to the builders, back. glory to the builders, they're the best. And I just absolutely love when they're in the courtyard getting their shit together, and then Lan and the rest of the crew runs up. It's just, is it Varen or is it? Oh, I can't remember. I think it's Varen. She just looks up. She's like, ah. The wheel weaves, man. <laughs> she's just like, she's just like, yeah. speak of the devil. It's the same thing. It's a great Avengers yeah. assembled moment, honestly. Just some of the OGs coming back together. We get Moraine, Ran, Lan, like everyone's coming together. Some of the new friends that we've made along the way, Varen and her trio of, or, and her squad of warders, like love, love this interaction here. Second, like screen time counting and like pound for pound, Varen's like the goat. And yeah, in the books, like I, Kyle knew I was such a stan for Varen, like always. She's just, she's just the shit. Like the second Liana walks out of the room, she unshields Rand like in a second. And they're like, holy shit, because she knew about the prophecy the whole time. And then she knows about the other part of the prophecy when they're all outside the way gate. And she's like, oh, like talking about revealing the dragon, like at fall. Yeah, like she knows about all sky, this. Like, yeah. That's just not only just Varen, like the Brown sisters in general. It's just a really cool part of their faction within the the White Tower. I I love seeing her. I hope that she continues her actor continues to get a lot of screen time going forward in future seasons because she stayed behind, right? Didn't she go back? Yeah. After they all squat mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. I like in this last thing I'll say before we move into like our OG people moving to the waygate is that i like how alana honestly like makes a point to look at moraine and it's like like you're not alone anymore in this journey and moraine probably wouldn't let that show ever but i feel like deep down that actually does mean a lot lan even says to her earlier again on this theme of like you need to trust somebody like you literally cannot do this alone type of deal so i like that we're kind of in dave you know avenger like we're building a little bit of a squad here which is very fun for yeah. sure all right the real important people of the squad though 
move to arrive at the way gate, which is Rand, Lan, and Moraine. And just uh, a lot of shit. A lot of shit goes down here. So let's just completely open the floor. This is our last scene of the episode. So let's just go gung-ho. I think we break it up it. before and after Swan shows up just to ease the okay. conversation. Rand takes the shield away, essentially. With more red weaves, it looked like. Yeah. you know, a he little pulled, bit like, There's like a torch from the torch that he has. Let's this is go. like a this is a awesome. scene to highlight the acting though is what I kind of really wanted to point out because yep. Rand as soon as he like embraces the source I guess I shouldn't even say embrace because that's more the female side of it takes as it. soon as he takes hold of the source and grabs it to break the weaves I thought he just looked badass like he just mm. decided all right I'll do this I'll try this that whole thing was really cool I don't know I just uh, this this is like again free balling it from the books like this is this was not there before but this is when we see the combination of him pulling from the air the fire plus the taint so like that triple co- coloring of it was pulling really cool. from the taint oh the yeah, dark one's go. taint baby <laughs> love it um that whole thing was sweet but it, we can we can open up the whole thing I don't No, you're I, good no one thing I want to say about this I loved the visual hesitation of his weave Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I thought yeah. that was like the music's hit in and like land is like giving him the confidence to do it. And it's just like so good. And they can't see how hesitant he yeah. is. So he's like going up to it and then retreat, like pulling yeah, back yeah. just a little bit and then going. So really, really cool. There were so many cool things about this scene that really made it special. Maureen saying, I trust you was, I feel like one of the best lines of the show because she really does because she can't fucking lie. Mm-hmm. So if she trusts Rand to be the dragonborn, even though they just got done with Swan saying like, yo, you haven't learned anything. You can't channel. I don't know. I just, I thought that was after Moraine has been so distant this whole season. It just felt reassuring to, to feel like Moraine actually trusted somebody, which Lan had that line earlier. You need to put faith in somebody. You need to be able to trust somebody eventually. If it wasn't me, maybe it'd be Swan. It's great to see that she actually trusts Ran. That's really cool. After all the shit that they went this through. This was Lan's, like his stocks were, yeah. I was craving a little up shooting the stock oh, value. Oh. Talking about one of the best quotes, man. Yeah. As soon as she's able to get that shield off, looks right at her and what does he say? I'm sorry it took me so long to do my duty. Mm-hmm. Like after this whole time she's been treating him like garbage, but he knows it's not really oh, her. Oh. Yeah, take it on your feet, baby. I'm waiting for the next the other amazing land quote. We'll get it eventually and then we can all cry together and we'll call back to this moment. Season hmm. two, episode seven. On September 29th, 2023 at 9.40 p.m. Okay, so (laughs) we're done with kind of the emotional moments. And we move now into let's take some action. So Moraine channels and opens the way gate. And I love the shot of Lan and Rand behind her as she's like embracing the source again and channeling. It's like Rand is over her right shoulder and Lan's over her left shoulder. And it's like this is... This is the fucking team right here. This like, feels these are, right. Yeah, like these guys are going to fucking <laughs> save the world, I believe, so hard. And then Swan arrives and totally throws that feeling and thought into complete disarray, tosses a shield on Rand, fucking throws land against the wall, and then fucking calls back to season one, episode six, I believe, of the oath that she swore and just mm-hmm. kind of chaos, honestly, at this point breaks out out front of this wake and we can just run it now i would say until the end of the episode mm-hmm. if you've ever loved me don't oh. do this oh my god and swan's like i command you to close the way gate and yeah just the 
it's really good acting because she's showing that she's trying to resist, yeah. but also too. portraying that she can't. And I don't know. I just thought it was great. And the absolute sadness in Rosamund Pike's like face as this whole thing is going on. I mean, she's so good mm-hmm. at, at showing emotion for somebody who never shows emotion. If that even makes sense, Moraine is such a complicated character. I mean, I don't think the show would be the same without her. Um, she's she's absolutely killing it. And we're going more into it. I just want to say one more line when Lanfear comes <laughs> Which one? in. Which one? <laughs> Lanfear comes in. He's going to take out Moraine and Rand jumps in the way. And he's like, no, 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 not her. Like, come on. And she says, every day you grow more like loose which all right i just need to point out that i made fun of dave for calling him lose <laughs> this is exactly what, what i was gonna say i was how you gonna say yeah yeah i, I was, was like, like this is the time how, to talk about it <laughs> how are you pronouncing it? are you saying lose wow i thought it was loose like the the, the goose is loose L-E-W-S, is what I thought. Like, right? yeah i got that with subtitles this episode yeah so all right well you paul you were like oh my god that's so much worse lose is so dumb I'm I thought lose I I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like he's destined to suck if his name is lose. Loose isn't much better. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. He's loose. I mean, dude. you'd much rather not be tight. tight. You'd much rather be tight. Oh, come on. He's like got guy, no like, stress. He's loose as Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, you know my boy tight. Yeah, he's tight. Yeah. You rub his shoulders and like, "Wow, you're loose, man." Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Is there a comment made here about Swan potentially not being as powerful as she once was. I feel like I'm gathering. I feel like I had a note here that like kind of implied from either. There was like also a quote earlier in the episode too that made it me think that she's not as strong as she was. Like I think Moraine here before she's like Lanfear says at the end, a broken Amarlin's more useful than a dead one. Is that what you're talking about? That, but there was like another quote that I'm pretty sure Moraine kind of says a little bit earlier but it just made me think that like i just i was under the assumption that the omelette scene might be going through something where she's just not i mean moraine does say this. like basically tells her like not to square up to Lanfear, and then she and i mischaracterized them last episode where she has like the kind of headdress of knives it's water because like paul mentioned she's you know more of a water person and then she has oh, like a cool. whole fucking you know, collection of water knives around her, which was really cool. Also, and obviously, we get a little flick. So that was going to be my comment: is that it's just crazy that there was definitely time for the Amelin seat to like do all the weaves and then produce the knives. Like there was some, yeah. some in, like there could have been some time there that you know Landfear took advantage of, and she did. She just immediately flicks it away, which. Mm. To do that to the omelet seat is just crazy to me. This is this is <laughs> yeah. Mihawk showing up at the Barati. Yeah, yeah this Barati is what this is. Yeah. Like there is nothing that anybody there can do to stop yeah. Landfear at the smallest whim, and maybe not just Landfear, all of her seeking. Maybe that's what you're. Maybe that's what I was harping on, Kyle. Is the fact that I think Moraine specifically tells her just to not fuck with Landfear. Yeah. So maybe I just kind of took that as like you're not as strong as you used to be, but yeah. everyone's just not as strong. Compared She's to like you I mean, have yeah, no shot. The whole paradigm has changed at this point. Like they thought they were strong, but now they realize what like true strength kind of is type of deal. And this is the most common complaint I saw when I was like scrolling Reddit or Twitter or whatever from book readers saying Marine would never go with Landfear. I'm skipping to the end when they all go through the yep. way gate together. Marine would never do that. 
this doesn't happen in the book, so there's no situation that we could even compare this to. She has no fucking choice. She, yeah, Marine yeah. could fight her ass off. She could do whatever she want. And this is a flick to land fear. So it doesn't matter. And that's my like chirp back at any book readers that are really upset with Marine's decision making here, because it's either let Rand walk into the way gate with her or die. Like yeah. try and stop her and you're you're gonna get flicked. Yeah. She because Moraine's not as strong as Swan. So it's like what I uh, I don't know. I don't understand that complaint that I've been seeing consistently no. from book cloaks, but like whatever. I totally agree with you though, Luke, that like she has to do this. Like there's no choice, and this is gonna sound ridiculous, but like playing Baldur's Gate, walk into a scene and this dude's killing everybody, and it's like, all right, you can either tell him to stop and he's gonna fight you and kill you, or like you just kind of have to go along with it, well, otherwise you're done. Uh, so yeah. Just like say nothing is one of the options. It's like, yeah, Moraine literally has to like say nothing right now because she can't do anything. And I didn't say this earlier, but I just love seeing the actual oath rod action, like restrictions in action. You know, we're seeing actual oaths be enforced here. So that was really cool. Yeah, we've Um, never really seen someone like that we know try to lie and we know they're trying to lie and like they physically can't speak it. So that was cool. This no, was this, like the first instance, which is really was awesome. One of the coolest things to see come to life from the books, because like like Kyle just said, that's my exact example. I was going to say you can't you can't visualize that in the books, and the way we physically got to see it, this is the first time anybody that's a wheel time fan got to see something like this, and it was I think that's that reinforced the idea really well. And people like me and others were like a little weirded out that they made her swear on the oath rod for this like kind of somewhat flimsy like reason of like oh i can't tell you why i was out of the tower like okay you're excommunicated you have to swear on the oath rod like they don't really use the oath rod that way ever in the books but i think it this it coming full circle to be able to like show us that visualization of it i think ended up paying off in the end and i think my last comment on the episode is that when Lanfear actually hits Swan and she says, you know, a broken amulet is more useful than a dead one. We don't see Swan move at all. We see the blood coming from her nose. And I'm like, is she paralyzed? Like, can she can she not like walk? Isn't and that's what Lanfear meant when she said broken? Can she even channel? Like, is that what she meant? Because we didn't see anything after that. Like maybe she somehow shielded her in in the middle of that, and then that qualifies her as broken. And then the only thing I could think about is if the Allen seat is broken, then is somebody going to have to take over her role? And oh my God, I really fucking hope it's not Leandrin. Like, is Leandrin <laughs> going to usurp her? Because she had that line to uh, Al- Elena, the keeper. Liana. Liana, I'm sorry. I always yeah, yeah. mess this Elena. fucking two up. I know. Yeah. Well, there's an Alana. There's an Elena. I, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. I always mix them up. And then because she had that, Leandrin had that line to her saying, like, you know, one day, you know, you're not gonna, you're not, gonna, I forget what she says. I don't know why I'm trying to bring this quote up exactly. I'm with you that, like, I'm kind of harping on, like, the broken part. Like, is she talking about that she still heard? Did she just you know cut her off from the power did she break, break her back break her back or something exactly i have no idea i don't think leandrin would be the first choice for I, I don't know how the how it works on who gets quote-unquote voted into being the omelin seat yeah. but i feel like there's enough leandrin hate to not allow that to happen but there's also a lot of swan hates and she's still on the throne so black aja man black aja can make things happen they yeah. totally miss an opportunity. They being Robert, George. it would have been funny if like when they get a new Armelin, like, you know, the color of their old Aja, like 
comes out of the the fireplace like the pope in the white castle yeah like a new pope gets elected and just like red smoke comes out it's like oh we got a red one that'd be kind of funny my last comment on this scene is that they fucking knew what they were doing when they were giving us the flashbacks and swan says moraine please and then land from behind her says moraine please and and then the the flashbacks start and it's like what a decision it's like oh my god i just want to crumple into a ball yeah utter pain like this was we were cruising through the episode and of course they gotta let us hurt a little bit at some point during the episode before we get into MVL, MVP, LVP, the last thing I want to say is, is this, it's so, this was a weird episode for me. Cause again, like I've said multiple times, it's so different from the books that like it felt a little odd on the first watch of like, man, this is so different, but it's good, but it's so different. This also weirdly felt like, like a Game of Thrones episode, you know, and that like, like there's obviously way more magic and real time's more like fantastical type of deal, but like, I don't know, like all of like the reunions and like mm-hmm. the squad ups and like, the implications of like big moments, things were happening. Like, oh my God, the Amaranth Sea and the Dragon Reborn have met and, and we're moving characters around and like things are happening and Lanfear is rolling through the four game blowing shit up. I was like, this literally feels like, like Game of Thrones level type of stuff, which was really, really fun. No complaints for me. This is, again, if we're comparing it to Game of Thrones, we're about a couple episodes into season two. So if you're thinking like reunions matter now, just, yeah, yeah. Just imagine what it's gonna be like when we all. No, I mean, the, uh, the the five hasn't been together. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. so long. I mean, we've seen well, Rand's the final little piece interactions. Right now. Yeah, we've seen Rand interact with Matt a little bit and so on and so forth. But yeah. all five need to get together. And yeah. I agree with you though. This has been the most different from the books, but I am in love with this show now. Like I'm, I'm at that point where I fucking love this show. It doesn't matter all these changes yet to me. Like nothing has been as crazy as the season one failure of the changes, like those pieces of it. And it actually, I wanted to bring this up now. So I have it up on my phone. Rafe Judkins, the the showrunner of Wheel of Time, did a um, Q&A kind of thing on Twitter yesterday. Or maybe it was either yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. And it was before this episode went live. And there were... Definitely worth reading all of his replies to different people talking about things. But the two things I wanted to point out, and Kyle, this one's mostly... For, did you have a chance to read them all? I did not. So this one's mostly for you. Um, yeah. I, both of these are actually mostly for you. The, oh, I love that. So there, there's three I wanted to bring up. Two are quick. So the one was, is there anything to look forward to in tonight that you're like really hype about? And it was Cat Cross the Courtyard. That was the first thing. Hey, um, the second thing he said was, someone asked him, Will we find out why Loyal survived? That's the biggest gripe I have so far. And I'm just sitting here like waiting for more to figure out about that. And then what Rafe said was, we all have scars we bear from COVID. Loyal was applied right to the chest whenever he shoots without a shirt. So I think that's the acknowledgement that what they swept under the rug with Padan Fane's knife in the beginning of season two with all of them, Messina, Uno, Mm -hmm. and um, Loyal, like they just said, yep. That's a book. That's a season one ism that we're just yeah, they took that ignore. one on the chest. Like yes. that's us. Yeah. And then the third one was what's your favorite episode of the season season of the finale. So that's yeah. a lot. So basically it's all of it was positive. Everything I was reading from Rafe going back and forth between fans. Definitely worth checking out his Twitter feed from two nights ago. All right. Does that get us into MVP LVP? Yeah, and yeah, I guess I also yeah, you guys real quick. So, um, Egwene, I already gave my reasoning for why she was amazing. That 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 line read and just her being awesome was just always there. Um, LVP, I'm actually gonna go with Swan, but only because of how 
like direct nothing to do with her and Moraine all about her and Rand and how she was trying to cage him and that is something that really frustrated me in the books and I think it came across well in a good way here where she's really pushing against the main character and like I don't like it he doesn't like it and it really showed on the screen so Swan's gonna be my LVP yeah I'll go next uh, <laughs> uh MVP I'm going to do Elaine because Ooh. man when your she te- she tells Nynaeve we tried your plan we're doing it my way now I was just like take charge take charge <laughs> she's awesome I just love the way she, that she handles everything and then LVP I'm gonna do friggin Bart the the worst <laughs> king Bart? to be yeah. yeah what's his actual name Bartholomew no that's Bartholomew that's what I'm thinking of what's his Barthanus Barthanus yeah, more like Bart Anus. He sucks. So yeah, got him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> all right, that's it. I guess that's all you needed. Bart Anus. All right, Dave, you can go. No, let's give it to you. I feel like you're last every time. I'll, I'll okay. let you go. As so long as you don't my steal M- my one LVP. <laughs> okay, my I'm MVP struggling. is going to be Lan, the goat. Got a lot of emotion out of me. His fucking lines. Like every time he opened his mouth, was just like boom, boom, impact, 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 statement, bang, bang. So he was, I think, legitimately batted a thousand for this game, which was for this game, for this episode, which was awesome. And my LVP, this is tough. What's the wander? What's the warder's name that followed Tomas? Yvonne. Yvonne. Yeah. He's yeah. LVP. <laughs> Wasted my, time followed Tomas. Yeah. This is tough. My LVP, we'll say Leandrin, just because. Who does she that think picture? she is? She wanted that fucking like, picture right, off the like, wall. Take that picture off the wall. Yeah, Get the board off the wall. Yeah. Terrible interior design thoughts. And like, we're just passing off this thing into Barthanis to Darth Bart. Like, you failed that. We'll see what your repercussions are. She disappeared. People are now suspicious of her. So it's kind of like things are getting out of control for her, it feels like. So screw her. We haven't even talked about like the repercussions that we'll have on Leandrin. Like, Yep. Because the mom obviously is going to let it. She already has technically, I guess, let loose that Leandrin and her son are dar friends. Maybe she keeps it to get to herself. I don't know. That'd be stupid. But you gave your two, right? Your. All right. Uh, MVP. Three of the four were taken. So it makes my life a little bit easier here. Uh, I'm going to go with Varen. Pretty straightforward. Very easy. I think that's the second one I've ever given her. I wanted to give it to yeah. Elaine or Egwene because I've never given it to them. Yeah. And then once you guys went, I was like, all right, I'll just go last. So I was thinking, <laughs> I think I thought you were going to say Lanfear for some reason. No, it was Elaine, Egwene, Lan, Varen. For so. what it's worth, I have always had Lanfear in my top five, four MVPs. <laughs> in case right. I was last and they all got taken. Yes. Yeah, do you, guys, do you, do you write them down? There. Do you guys have them written down? I write all four. Yeah. Just I'm just such yeah. an on the fly guy. Yeah. I had I only had two, so I, that's why I jumped in. I, I do was like, I go next. <laughs> I do them on the fly while we're recording. And uh, that's four. Fair, yeah, yeah. yeah I do, I yeah, do write fair. four out. So what's um, your LVP? LVP is just the easiest one to give it to is Rena. I just feel like anytime ah, she's on screen, yeah. she could just deserve an LVP. She got that's one last fair. episode. And yeah, she's definitely going to get killed by Egwene. So that's if so facto. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, you know what else is ipso facto is that we have one fucking episode left, which is well, insane to think about. We have the finale. I might as well be gentled. I might as well be gentled. <laughs> yeah, after, right? Yeah. Hopefully our wait is another two years, but we're going to fucking worry about that once after we watch the episode. So I'm sure that'll probably be our longest episode ever. Mm-hmm. This is already a pretty long one. So I'll wrap this up very quickly. As always, we're just so appreciative of everyone that reaches out to us on X, Twitter, Twitter, 
YouTube, Discord, everyone just watching, liking, subscribing, commenting. It's just so much fun. I mean, we obviously have fun when we record these and it feels like you guys obviously know that you get that like the energy off of us, but we like talk all the time about all of like the comments and we read them and like I, we try to get to all of them, but sometimes it's literally like we read one we love so much and we're all just talking about it like in texting and then we don't actually respond to it. So just know that like if you wrote a comment to us, we've seen it. We might not respond to it, but we love it. One episode left. We're going to keep riding this train all the way until the end. And yeah, we're Binge Town TV. We already gave our little Gen V plug, but we will be covering Gen V on Amazon Prime as well. So if you're a Boys fan and Wheel of Time fan, obviously go check out our coverage, especially if you like this coverage. I'm sure you do if you're listening to, you know, this is our, what, two of this podcast. And yeah, that's it. Uh, enjoy your weekends. Enjoy your week. We'll see you for the finale. Love you guys. JJK will be out soon. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also that. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.